What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo A Sports Podcast. This is episode 215 for the week of December 26th, 2021. The title of this episode, Will, is Infinite Spoilers. If that doesn't give away what this episode's about, oh, the fuck will. My name is Josh, a.k.a. J.K. Fire, and this week I'm joined by the man straight flexing with the 100 Thieves Halo merch, Will, a.k.a. I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you on this Monday evening, our normal showtime? Yeah, finally back on track. Feeling good. Uh, You're also flexing the Raleigh exclusive HCS merch. I am. The camo hoodie. What's up, Oxford? Welcome back. Hello, hello. To the live show. Yeah, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Uh, other than tired, I feel way better than I did, like you mentioned, four days ago on our previous recording of the show, which was later than usual because Raleigh happened. Yes. Um, but yeah, I feel much better now. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about things that we normally wouldn't really talk about on this show because it's not in a competitive aspect. Right. But... I think it, it it falls perfectly where Raleigh finished up. We had our Raleigh post show, right? The pro and open series starts next week. So we have like a, a week uh, waiting period here. Yeah. Bef- right before the new year starts. And why? what better opportunity than to talk about the Halo Infinite campaign, which we've both played through and beaten. And, you know, we, we have talked a lot about infinite in its development cycle about what's going to be in this game, how it will affect competitive and all this. And now we can make some of those comparisons too, by just talking about the campaign. Right. And we also have, we have a Bloomberg article to go through. Um, we have the game informer cover story to go through. Uh, and we have our own thoughts and opinions and critiques and loves and all that shit we're going to talk about. But will, do you want to know what is actually fully on this week's episode of the show? Yeah, what else we got? We have an HCS Pro Series Primer from our friends over at NoobCombo.com. We have tournament announcements and recaps, obviously. We have the first annual HCS Pro Talk Awards, Will. We're going to give yeah. away <laughs> our first ever awards. Um, and then we have our spoiler-filled Halo Infinite campaign impressions. So, uh... Just know that we will be going deep into the campaign. Um, hopefully, everybody's had enough time to play through it. And if not, we'll let you know when that segment is so you can do whatever you want to do in that time. But, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about some shit that happened in that video game. Um, so without further ado, Will, let's get into some competitive news. Will, is Extraction coming back? Do you know what Extraction is, Will? Um, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> it was a Halo 4 mode, if I'm not mistaken. Is that where, no, that was, what was the one where you like, it was like football, where you threw the ball That's across. Ricochet. That's Ricochet. Yeah. I want Ricochet to come back too in like a custom games e aspect, but yeah, Extraction. So, yeah, please describe what Extraction is. Extraction was used as a competitive mode in Halo 4. And it's where you extract, they call it devices or whatever, but like there's a point on a map 
um, that rotates throughout as it's captured or whatever. And you stand there and you have to extract the device. And then if you extract it, you get a point for your team, right? So it's another objective based mode. Um, and it's, it was just, it was really cool. And four, they never did anything outside of that. And so people were always hoping that they'd bring it back in some capacity. And from halo.api, that's where this is coming from. There's a screenshot in the game with the phrase extract devices. So like, you know, when like, uh, uh, you start a Slayer game and it says defeat your enemies or whatever, and yeah. then like capture the flag or whatever. This is, this says extract devices. Okay. So it sounds like this is going to be in the game at some point in time. Uh, no idea when, but um, just fucking cool. Something else I want, I, I don't think we have this. What? Um, so Echidna was talking about how you can throw power seeds. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I did not. You, what? So, oh, wait, wait, really? Yeah, I juggled them all the time. Oh, everybody's, everybody was throwing them. Well, now I know. And you can repulse them, too. Yep, I, I knew about the repulsing, but that makes me think, can you throw the oddball for Griffball? Because throwing mechanic is in the game. I mean, you can, there's a mechanic, well, mechanic, there's like a glitch in the game where, um, and we talked about it episodes ago, but it's in the game. You can like launch it up and hit it and send it flying off the map and put it and make it into a, like a respawn timer again. Yeah. So it makes it, it apparently you're able to play ball wherever you want, whenever you want. You just have to obviously be in an open enough area. Sure. But yeah, you can do that. So no, I'm just curious. Cause if you can throw a power seed, why wouldn't you be able to throw the ball in the mechanic that's in the game? Right. It must just be way too fucking heavy of a ball. Yeah. You know, I, I have no idea. Yeah, did you wait, 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 wait? So you had no idea that you could throw power seeds in BTB. Did nah. you throw them in the campaign at all? Nah. Oh my god! Yeah, you can throw them in the campaign too. That's so weird. Wow, I had no idea you did not know that. But hey, we learn something new every day, right? Yeah, that's that's all that matters. Making progress. There you go. <laughs> uh, Next up, we have some tournament announcements. This is by many. First up is B Sports. The holidays are over, but we still have a present for you. We're also cooperating with Rush uh, GG Dash or Doc. I don't know. In the new year, and we're hosting the second 4v4 Cup on January 3rd and 4th. Like the last time, you can register at the link provided in the Google Doc, the show notes of the show, exclamation point, show notes in chat. It's all there. And then from Virginia Velocity, presenting our $200 holiday bash. Um, this is going to be casted by why not and nighty, um, team captains include J gravity, cortex, Tom L and, uh, Abature. It'll be two rounds, four teams Wednesday at 7 PM Eastern standard time, single elimination again, $200 prize. Um, and yeah, you can check out the link in the Google doc, the show to the show for more information on that. What's up bacon. Welcome back. Yo, yo, yo bound with the insight. This is by bound. If you wish to play now, okay, I will, I, I heavily contemplated including this in the show. Okay. Okay. Because it is shitting on a tournament organizer, but based off of what I'm seeing in the, in the, in the thread, in the tweets and shit and whatnot, um, well, who know who knows there? Um, Oh, Bacon, I see the message that you sent that auto mod 
kept. I mean, yeah, I guess we do, but it's okay. There's, there's always going to be other opportunities. Um, but bound said this on Twitter. He said, if you wish to play two V two and four V four tournaments in halo, please use CMG esports. UMG gaming is ran by idiots and clowns like, uh, Dauntless or Dauntless cheaters in tournaments. Davey wavy with the 20 month resub. You get a woo. So the reason why I didn't necessarily want to include this in the show is because it is like taking a dump on another tournament organizer. Yeah, right? he's, he's taking a shot. Right. But if you look at all the comments in that thread, it appears as though they're just letting cheaters in and not doing anything about it. Mm. And we're all about competitive integrity. So if that is 100% true, um, then they need to fix that shit. And I would just say, listen to what bound says here and don't do tournaments with them. If they're just going to let cheaters in and not do anything about it. How about some Raleigh stats? Will you like stats? Are you stat man? What do we got? I'm a stat man. Uh, this is my easy Mac. Do you like easy Mac? Easy Mac and cheese. Yeah. Are you an easy Mac kind of guy? I mean, with a little cup, you mm, put the water uh, in, you microwave that shit. I mean, it's not as great as making it out of the box, no. but I mean, it'll get the job done, I suppose. Yeah. It's quick, easy. It's like cup and noodle shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because I'm not, I, I don't like ramen. I, I I don't like packaged ramen. Okay. That's what I should say. I don't like packaged ramen. Real ramen's good, but like packaged ramen, you know what I mean? But cup of noodle, I fuck with. How, how do you prepare your packaged ramen? Oh God. I'm one of the fucking, I'm a scrub lord who puts water on it and puts it in the microwave. That's it. God, okay. Because I don't need it. Like, I don't like it. Okay. Fair, fair enough. But like I said, I fuck with a cup of noodle. See, you know? I, I, I kind of like, it's supposed to be like a soup, right? Like you get the broth yeah. and everything. So what I, well, here's what I do. Oh, here we go. Prepping techniques from Will. You know, you, you, you get up, you, you boil up a pot on the stove. Yes. You, I, I do two packages at once. Mm. Boil the noodles, whatever, cook the noodles. Drain all the water out so you just have the noodles. Oh, God. Okay. I take a fucking thing of butter in the bowl. Butter noodles like so it. Butter so far, noodles. Okay. Pour, like, as I'm mixing the butter, you pour the seasoning in so that you, be, you get this, like, buttered flavored noodles. And it's just, you don't have to deal with the broth. It's just. So you have no soup. No soup. It's just noodles. You've got no soup. Uh, show notes are for 214. Oh, thank you, Dave. I will change that right now. My apologies. Maybe we wanted to hide them from you. Huh? I did. <laughs> I did only want to hide them from him. Just from Dave. See, I just gave him a really bad link just to say, hey, fuck you, Dave. <laughs> so, okay. I'm just kidding. No, we're getting that updated right now Literally as we right speak. Now. Literally right now. Literally. Literally? Literally, bro. Literally? So you, you don't, you don't, you don't fuck with the soup then aspect of it. Yeah. You're just, you're just the noodle guy. Dave, hold your horses. It's being worked on. I mean, I'm literally trying to like stall through the show. Yeah. You know, while copy and pasting this link as of right now and hitting the confirm button and now it should be updated. So now if you do exclamation point show notes in the chat, it should pull up a new one. There we go. Uh, Bacon says cup of noodles is the best snack food. Uh, put some sriracha sauce in there. It's an, and it's amazing. See, like I See, said, I fuck with. I fuck with cup of noodle. Yeah. I was never like a spicy foods guy before. Sure. I just recently got into trying hot sauces. Hot like, sauce? Like, you know, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> I've never had. I don't know if I've ever had sriracha. It might be something I got to put on the list. I've had sriracha a couple times. It's not my cup of tea. Where does it fall in like a? a oh, nothing. A it, nothing. 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 Okay. Nothing. What about like? So I've had that classic hot sauce right there, right in that line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta try some sriracha. There you go. Just try some sriracha. I I like it way more than uh like Tabasco. Like Tabasco. I I was never. I've never been a fan of Tabasco. But sriracha just has like a much better flavor than a, than Tabasco, so. There's All right, that. now that we've been derailed by Easy Mac, yes, Easy Mac. Thank what you. Is, what was the stats he had? Uh, he had he got over a hundred players and covered every VOD that was available. And there's a Google Doc spreadsheet that is available. So a Google Sheet, if you will, because that is what it is called. Um, you can go ahead and check out all the statistics there, and uh, yeah, they're fu- they're fucking rad. There's a lot of them. And it's surprising no one, uh, I think uh, Lucid had top KD, um, but surprising a lot of people, Tylenol had a very high KD as well, basically carrying his team. Wow. Um, so the, the space station boys, you know. Not to derail further, but how is that PewDiePie G Fuel? It's delicious. Is it's it actually? It's my new favorite. Wow. As of right now. It's really wow. good. That's surprising. Give me, give me a, I know it has a flavor, but if you could explain. It's got like a sweet berry flavor to it, and I can't put my finger on what it is. Okay. If I read the ingredients, I could probably figure it out, but. Um, isn't it like the, isn't it the Swedish berry that you can get, you, what the fuck's it called? Like the Swedish fish? N- no. No, 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 no. Um. You can, fi- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like such an uncultured fucking person, but if you go to Ikea. You can get it. You can get it there. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. Hold on. Oh, gosh. Swedish berry. Derailed again. Yeah, I'm being an asshole. So, yeah, it's basically citric. It's just citric acid. It doesn't really tell me. Natural and artificial flavors. A lingonberry. Sure. That's what it is. The lingonberry. Here we go. Here we go. Um, wow. It has green coffee bean extract, green tea extract, turmeric. I don't know what that is. Extract tart cherry. Wait, 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 wait. Go back to the T word. Is it it turmeric? T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C. Turmeric? Turmeric? I I don't know. There's no, the R is before the M. What? Tur... Turmeric, T U R M E. Yeah, it's tur- it's turmeric. Yeah. Okay. Tart cherry, which okay. is probably I love cherry, so that's you, probably you why. are a cherry boy. Blueberry. Okay. I'm not hearing lingonberry at all in here. Here's a here's a couple that might surprise you, at the end. Okay. Broccoli. Okay. Kale. How oh, neat. Let me see that. Let me see the can. <laughs> Yeah, well, now we're really off the rails like we Yeah, I'm sorry. Are. These are two flavors that I've never had before that I found in the cans today. So I also am going to try the... Um, PewDiePie's was supposed to be lingonberry. Raging gummy fish. Maybe those items together make that kind of flavor. Sure. We are definitely off the rails. I just, I was curious because I've never had that one either. Yeah, featuring lingonberry. 
Oh, well. Oh, apparently the Yuzu Splash or Yuzu Slash. Okay, back to the show. Back to the show. Uh, Bacon says Texas Pete is actually from North Carolina. Well, no shit. Huh. The more you know. So go check out the stats. They're there. They're cool. And shout out to Tylenol for carrying the fuck out of that team. I want such good things to come to the space station team. Just because their merch is so good. The organization. I want good because things they to picked come. up the HCS creeper. If that's true. They're, so it's like a publicity stunt, right? Like yeah. They, he's not actually on the payroll or anything. It's just like a, we picked up the creeper. LOL. Yeah. yeah. The creeper yeah. has an Instagram account now. It, it, does. Dubs. it does. Halo infinite multiplayer map tips is by wonder boy. Uh, this would be in the community creation section, but I wanted to include them here because uh, they're they're just really well done. They're quick. They're to the point. Um, so there's one for live fire and there's one for streets. It includes some jumps, some combat evolves that you can do for power weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just it's it's great. Some uh, on street on live fire specifically, um, the ability to like some jumps that are available to make it so you don't have to clamber. So like if you crouch jump in just the right area, you you can skip having the clamber animation. Uh, um, so yeah, big shout out to Wonder Boy for putting these videos out there. Uh, yeah, and the the jumps to avoid clamber are huge just because yes. of ready ready your weapon time and all that. Justin and I were playing earlier this week and we talked about that, how a lot of the spots you do have to clamber to get to. Yep. And it's frustrating because the, the maps are then designed for that. But Correct. Anyway. But not not necessarily anymore if you know how to do the jumps correctly. Speaking of uh, some maps here, how about some HCS map layouts by Archer Bloodshot? These are updated, um, and they're available right now. Again, links in the Google Doc of the show. So the show, click on that, and uh, you can find some great 4K assets as well. Dave says that's a massive ass if. What is? Am I missing something? What is? What's the if? I don't remember. Moving on. HCS Pro Series Primer by Noob Combo. Dot com. If you know the fancy. Oh, if you know the fancy. If you know the fancy. Yeah. Well, luckily, you and anybody else can go watch Wonder Boy's videos, and you can find out about the fancy-ass jumps. And guess what? They're not even that fancy. You just have to crouch jump. Remember crouch jumping, Dave? Remember how we used to do that in old Halo games? Like, like, like the the gold jump, right, in, on Guardian? Yeah. Or you oh, know, you're talking about from bottom gold to top gold? the Like the, the lift? There's also one where you, you jump go from the corner like, and then come up. Maybe? Is that a crouch jump? Yeah, that is yeah, a yeah. crouch jump. And then you it's jump a very, very technical crouch jump, but yes, I think it's like a frame-perfect crouch jump. I've seen it done. Yes, uh, I, and then yes. like you go from like the, the 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 one platform where you run and like you dip and then you jump up higher. That's just like a perfect jump, right? See, there's there's kind lots of, of crouch jumps in Halo titles. And know. now, Dave, you can do it too. But you did say your crouch is scroll wheel now. Well, guess what? Ooh. There are the th- there are these things called keybinds, Dave. And actually, Halo Infinite does something that they've been touting for the longest time about like uh I think double keybinds. So it could be scroll wheel, but then when you try to do the jump, you could switch it to something else, Dave. There's options. Dave, there's infinite options. Well, well, as much as your keyboard can hold. What if you have more than one keyboard? (laughs) (laughs) Your desk is just fucking keyboards. (laughs) 
I use this keyboard for my, when I want to do jumps, I use this one. For- yeah. Just jumps, just melees, just shoot my gun. Uh, Dave says triple key binds, but you can't unbind it more than one keyboard. Get the fuck out. <laughs> hey, you know, if you, if you look at, this is my shooting keyboard. If you look at, um, uh, Taryn of Linus tech tips, the amount of keyboards that that man has, because like the, the amount of editing work that he does for yeah, videos, yeah. he has macros basically set up for all of his keyboards. And he, I swear to God, he has like five keyboards set up in one at his desk and they all have specific use cases. So like there, there is that, I mean, yes, we're joking, but like that is a real thing. Not having just a strictly shooting keyboard though, obviously. But the HTS Pro Series Primer, because the Pro Series take place next week. That it does. So from NoobCombo.com, the first major is in the books, and HTS competition has taken a short break for the holidays. But the HTS Pro Series is right around the corner. The tournaments run hand-in-hand with the Open Series and follow the same format as the Halo 5 Pro Series did. In case you're not familiar with with the H5 Pro Series, here's a breakdown of how it's going to work. Open series tournaments will be open, online, region-locked, single elimination tournaments that take place on weekends. The tournaments will run until the top eight teams are reached. Those top eight teams will advance to to the following Pro Series tournament, which will take place on a weekday. The top eight teams from the Open Series will be placed into a double elimination bracket with the top eight Pro teams that have already qualified for the Pro Series tournament. Teams will be seeded by total HCS points. So the points matter in this very specific circumstance. In order to qualify for the one of the top eight pro spots in the pro series, you must place top eight in the prior pro series tournament. Teams that do not place top eight in a pro series tournament will be relegated back to the open series. In the case of the first pro series, the top eight teams from their respective region at the Raleigh Major will be given pro series qualification. If there weren't eight teams from that region at the Major, the remaining spots will be filled with, will be filled with teams by total HCS points. At certain times, the open series will be run uh, without being followed up by the pro series. In these cases, the open series will be a standalone double elimination tournament. Teams that qualify for the Pro Series are required to field the same roster as the one used in the Open Series unless permitted by the administration. For the first Pro Series taking place on January 2nd, teams that have qualified for the Pro Series are required to have three-fourths of their roster they qualified with. The placements from the Open Series and Pro Series will be combined to award HCS points, and the top two teams from the Pro Series will also receive cash prizes. Points and prizes vary by region. Registration for the Open Series is already up on Face It, so head there and secure your team's spot. And that's it for the competitive news. Your upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobCombo.com. Check out NoobCombo.com for all your Halo esports needs. Yeah. <laughs> get, a, get a song this time. Why not? You just, you'd, you'd like to switch it up every now and again. On Monday, December 27th, which is today, Esports Hub Halo Infinite 4v4 Qualifier number 3 and the College Halo Infinite 4v4 are taking place. We'll have results for those next week. 
Tuesday, December 28th, the Metal States Halo Infinite 2v2 Cup. On Wednesday, December 29th, Esports Hub Halo Infinite 4v4 Qualifier number 4. And on Sunday, January 2nd, we have the HCS Open Series for Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, EU, and NA. And that's it for your upcoming tournaments of the week. Presented by Noob Combo. Check out noobcombo.com for all Halo Esports Eats. And they also have some merch that you can go check out. I'm not wearing it right now, but I do have some. And you could have some too. So go check it out. Will, what do we got next? Roster Media! Hey, uh, you know, just, I got to prepare for next week. Open series, you know. That's why I don't have anything listed Things for right now. Yeah, just uh, get pumped, baby. Woo. <laughs> I'm excited. We got to start the year off of 2022 right with just some fucked up names, gamer tags, just to get you in the, in the HCS spirit, Will. We can start a new list. Because... Mm-hmm. Yes, Dave says Bed Bath and Beyonce because we do need them back. Hopefully, Beyonce. There you go. They better be. I swear to God, please, please, please. I need them back. I should have been. Okay, so we like we said we have our HCS Pro Talk Awards later on in the show. Um, actually, I think it's right after this. As a matter of fact, yeah, right, right after, after the, tournament league recaps, we'll be right there. We will be right there. And uh, let me just say that I would have included Bed Bath & Beyonce, but I didn't because they were even before that. Not used this year at all. Correct. Was that an HG uh, Halo Draft League team? I believe so. And they didn't really do a league this year, right? They well, did. they did, but... Yeah. But I believe Bed Bath & Beyonce was not in it. Yeah. So, laugh because they probably don't even know how much we love their name. I, True. That I looked through the uh, the Raleigh rosters too, and I was hoping that I, I was just hoping that something was going to be there with that, and they weren't. So I'm a little upset about it, but it's okay. I can just reach out to one of the players and be like, "Hey, we fucking love your name." <laughs> um, but will because roster mania is going to be hectic next week. What do we got for the tournament league recaps this last week? Yeah, let's run through it. Well, we have the uh, is it. Under the yes. Christmas tree, Halo Infinite 4v4. Yes. In fourth place was Team Betterville. Third went to Unsigned Talent. Second, Anime Demons. And first went to War Z. We had the LFTG Halo Infinite 2v2. In third, fourth places, we had uh, Vowick, which was Suja. Su- Su- what? Za? <laughs> That could go on the bad list, too. But it's too bad. We already have our rewards. Yep. Uh, menus and menus. Sudza. Sudza. And then we had also a team, Fedos, uh, which was Roach and Strikey. Second went to Bullies, Evolving and Syndrome. And first went to Team Hey. Uh, Hovian and Mines. So it's Jovian. just short, sweet, and to the point. Hey. Hey. Speaking of hey, hey, Justin, welcome to the live show. It's okay that you're late. Don't worry about Is it. Is it okay, though? We'll, be, we'll <laughs> beat you later. It's fine. Moving on, we have the Pen Halo Infinite 
draft 4v4. I missed a word because it's Penhalo Halo Infinite draft 4v4. They could have just made it all. Anyway, Jesus uh, fourth Christ. Place, in fourth place, Team Bullet. Third place was Team Jesse Seo. Second went to Team OG The Legend. And first went to Team King JJS. I'll be right back while you read the last one because I got to grab something real quick for the show. Oh, boy. I don't like this. He does this. I have no idea what's going on. Good, but he just leaves me hanging, and I'm sitting here all alone staring at the camera. Just <laughs> We'll run through the last team. It is the Undalert. We don't know how to. It's UDLR. I don't know if that stands for something. It's UDLR Halo Infinite 4v4. And third, fourth was DSO0. The other third, fourth place team was Rapid Pulse. Second went to NGK64. And first place went to ADMGs. Uh, brackets, links are all included in the show notes for all the tournaments. If you want to go back and check those out. Josh is still uh, gone and I don't know what is happening right now. All right, what? <laughs> what are you doing? We're giving out awards. What? Uh, I got to get my suit jacket on. We're giving out awards, Will. <laughs> this is the content you're fucking here for, baby. Uh, Josh, for those listening, Josh has done away with his HCS Raleigh sweater and uh, is now wearing a suit jacket <laughs> with the Halo Master Chief. It's like the, the, the it's colorful, pride shirt. the pride shirt. Yeah. He's got his white HCS Raleigh hat on. Okay, so it's not a suit, okay? Leave me alone. No, no, no. It's I mean, it's great. It's a suit jacket, right. baby. Well, that's what you... That, yeah, that's... Looking fly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your first annual HCS Pro Talk Awards for 2021. I am one of your hosts, Josh, a.k.a. JK Fire... And I'm here joined by my co-host, Will, a.k.a. I am Mr. Mayhem, for what is going to be a wonderful night of filled with awards. And uh, this oh. is what they do, right? Now we tell a joke. Will, you got a joke? John, no. Your face! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Audience! <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> You're making this awkward like every fucking award that's show. That's the whole point. That's I know. The, that's the that and that's the bit. But uh bumps. Um ladies and gentlemen. We have four awards to give away tonight. Over the course of the past 52 weeks, give or take 30 weeks, we <laughs> went through I mean we we I won't lie to you. The worst team name of the year was hard. Because there weren't a lot of bad team names. There were a lot of bad gamer tags, but not a lot of bad team names. But yeah. regardless, really for the past 52 weeks, we have kept tally on names that we thought, that we thought were fantastic, names that we thought were fucking terrible. And we have some awards to give out tonight. Yeah. Will, I really should have gotten like award show music in here, but I apologize. 
So, our first award of the night is for the worst gamer tag of the year. Do you want to run through all the nominees? Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Why not? All right. So, your nominees for worst gamer tag of the year for 2021 are Enanog. All these are up for interpretation, by the way. We should yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Will, you should be reading these. So what do we have? I don't have that dog. Oh, okay, never mind. So number two, <laughs> Rimgel. Next up, your nominee is Eudragen, which is apparently dragon, but not really. And Rorch. And your worst gamer tag of the year for 2021 is... Huge raging! Congratulations for having the worst fucking name that Will's ever had to say the entire year. All right. And it's got, like, the spelling's funky. It doesn't even, like, closely resemble what it's supposed to be saying. And in our Why Not Be Reckless interview, uh, Tony said that it's supposed to be dragon, but not really. So we, we yeah. don't know what it's actually supposed to be. No, no one really knows. But there's that. Your runner-up is Rorch. What's up with the Z, man? Yeah. Just, like, R-O-R-Z-C-H. Rorch. The worst. Our next award yeah. for tonight. Your worst team name of the year. Now, like we said, this the, was hard to get to. The list was short. The list was short. So we're not even going to read. Well, we only have two. So, so therefore. Yeah, the winner is. Josh wants to hear the drum rolls. I do. The Halo team October 24th is your worst team name of the year. They literally just called themselves Halo team. With the runner up being hit that sub button chat. Yeah. Our second to last award tonight. It's time to focus on the positives. Will the good, the good stuff. Yes, the good stuff. We we have Josh rants on the show. We have a few Will rants sprinkled in as well. We yeah. we do provide some criticisms. We get heated from time to time. But damn it, it's time to focus on the positive. Will. So we have two more awards for you tonight. Our second to last award is the best gamer tag of the year. This is a hotly contested four finalists that we have here. So your runner, so not your runners up your nominees for guest. Jesus Christ. I can't fucking speak your nominees for best gamer tag of the year include Jay banger Pikachu pot pie (laughs) Barbosa's monkey. And are you fricking me? Without further ado, your winner, the award for best gamer tag of the year goes to. You know, I realized I did really pick a long drum roll as well. Will, are you freaking me? With the runner up being Jay Banger. It's a banger of a name. It is a, oh my God. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we made it to the final award of the evening. 
this is uh <laughs> this was probably the longest list that we had. Yes. Um for sure. But we're really happy with who won. And they they were a late comer if you think they about were. it. They, they were. They really were. Yes. You know it's like that. It's like you know, when the, the the game awards are in December and a game gets made in November and just like just blows everything out of the water. Right. And just makes that deadline for the cutoff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, your nominees for the best team name of the year include Baba Booey, Granny Hands, Pow, right in the kisser, Cat Fox. Dave's adopted son and Dave's immediate family. Machine gun lobsters. Unclappable cheeks. Team Alpha Super Awesome Cool Dynamite Wolf Squadron. Team ah! and Foot Fungus. Some some good ones in there. Some great ones in there. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner. Of best team name of the year 2021 goes to Team ah! With your runner-up being Team Alpha Super Awesome Cool Dynamite Wolf Squadron. Congratulations to all of your winners for the first annual HCS Pro Talk Awards 2021. Next year, we may or may not, probably not, have trophies. <laughs> Great. How funny, how funny would that be, though? Like, we, actual, we actually, we make, like, we just get some, if we find a friend that does 3D printing or whatever, we just get some trophies, and we and we reach out to the person that wins, be like, hey, would you like our trophy <laughs> that you won for having the worst fucking name of the year? Oh, that would be great. But not really. I, I, I yeah, I agree. Not really. <laughs> What's up, Shio? Welcome back to the live show. Hope everybody enjoyed the awards. We'll be back next year for more awards. There you go. That's it for our first topic of the week. Now it's time for our second topic, which is the meat and potatoes. Potatoes. Will. Yeah. Boil them, mash them, putting them in a stew. Yep. Thanks, Samwise. Yeah. <laughs> Taters. Or what the fuck he says? I don't know. You know more than I do. I forget the exact wording right now. But it's okay. There's too many movie quotes to remember. They get all mashed but up. But Lord of the Rings is like it's Lord of the Ring. I get it's it. It's one of the biggest things ever. I mean, you're you you. I bet you could quote like anything from Star Wars though, and Harry Potter, both of those. Maybe. If I bet you. Literally nothing. But if I bet you, do you, what is there any film Harry Potter so, or Star Wars that you think you'd be able to recite line by line? So here's the problem. Like I re, like like if I just sit here and try to think of like Harry Potter quotes, yeah. I just my brain cannot access them. But if I'm watching the movie and like I I'm in that moment. Right, in the scene. In the scene, like yeah, my, it'll come my, right to you. My, yep. Okay. So it's it's weird. Like I can't sit here and quote a ton of Harry Potter stuff, but if I'm watching the movie, I could probably go through most of it. So don't watch Harry Potter with you again, is what you're saying. <laughs> sure. 
No, I, I loved how, because Justin was saying that he was uh, finally watching the Harry Potter films with um, Taylor, his fiance. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, and I explained to him, like, you were that guy to me. Yeah. Is that I was able to ask you any and all questions that I had and you were able to answer them. So Fun Harry Potter fact. Oh, I love fun Harry Potter facts. So, as you know, if you remember the first movie, like when they were in the Great Hall or, or anything, they all had those like black pointy hats on. Like they have these like these hats. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the books. That's those, like leading up to the sorting hat, isn't it? Or is that after the yeah, sorting hat? Yeah. Either yeah. way, yeah, I know what you're talking about. In yep. the books, those are worn like consistently throughout the year, throughout the years. Like it was, they were worn at the very beginning of the book. Like when all of them are just out and about in town and whatnot, they all have black hats on black pointy hats on. That is like, yeah. Yeah. And like the films did away with them probably for just movie purposes. And sure. Like it's weird to have these kids wearing these hats all the time and it doesn't make sense, but yeah. Fuck your witch's hat bullshit. Yeah. It's kind of, I thought that was kind of funny. Like in the books, those are canonically the worn constantly. That's it's part funny. of the school uniform. Is it just in the first year or is it all no, throughout? No, all, all throughout. Those do they like, make mention of it all the time? I don't know. I don't think they do make mention okay, of it. Okay, but, but it the, is, it's there. It's part of the school uniform. Okay. Like that was. Well, now I know. Funny enough. That's cool. Now everyone's going to just imagine pointy hats. Thank you for the fun fact. The Harry Potter fun fact of the day by Will. There you go. I'll expect another a new one next week. Oh, God. Another new <laughs> I bet you're just full of them. So don't even worry about it. You're fine. I also liked uh, Justin's tweet today about like him poking holes in Harry Potter oh theory. Oh my god! It's like why if 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 owls can reach anyone anywhere, yeah. Send a send a note to Voldemort and just follow the owl with tanks and blast his ass. Yeah, but like Voldemort, in my mind, he'd be able to stop fucking primitive Muggle tanks. Sure. You need some magical motherfucking tanks. And he probably has some out. sort of magical protection where that can't Well, yeah. Out. I mean, hell, you see the fucking, I mean, I, like I said, this is coming from somebody who hasn't read the books, but like in, in the seventh, um, move, the seventh and eighth movie. So part one, part two, you see the, the barrier around Hogwarts anyway. Yeah. So like, I've guaranteed if Hogwarts has that, he could have something fucking similar. Sure. So, yeah, um, I don't know. What else? There's something else that just popped in my mind. Another Harry Potter fun fact? Yeah. Or theory crafting. I know how much you love theory crafting, too. Yeah. It, it escaped when we started talking when, about... When the last Star Wars movie came out and you kept sending me, like, what if this? This what is if, what it could have been. What, yeah. What if this? And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> this man goes deep. Yeah, I got problems, yo. <laughs> uh, Justin says, these shitty glowy sticks roll up with a gat, rat, tat, 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 he dead. <laughs> oh, that might be shit. the best line ever said in this chat ever. They use shitty glowy sticks, roll up with a gat, rat, tat, 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 he dead. No. That's like some fucking, that has to be some C-tier like per, rap lyric yeah. right there. Roll up with a gat, rat, tat, tat, tat. Get him a landmine. Oh my God. Okay. I, I don't, I think you're underestimating Justin. I don't know how far you are in um the films yet, 
but like, I think you're underestimating Voldemort's power. Also something I'm, I'm very disappointed with in the movies, Voldemort looks less menacing than he should. Sure. And I can agree with that as somebody who is not, who's not even like a quarter of the way through the first book yet. Um, I think he was supposed to have, so you've seen the movie. Yes. I'll, I'll just describe in the first movie when he's on the back of Quirrell's head. Oh my God. Yeah. So like he was supposed to have like, he's supposed to have more snake like features. So like yeah. his mouth is supposed to come back and curl up and have those sharp teeth. And he's supposed to oh. look more like a snake. Which like and it is a kid's movie. It is a kid's movie. So that's what happened in the first movie. They're like, nah, that's too fucked up. <laughs> right. When he should be fucked up. Yeah. No, I I did like how, what was it, at the end of Goblet of Fire when, it is at the end of Goblet of Fire, right, where he gets like fucking. Spoilers for Justin if you're not so oh, far. I, I, he had to have seen him before, right? Justin, you've seen Harry Potter, all the Harry Potter films before, right? Maybe not. I Maybe I'll shut up. If you me. haven't, Justin, just plug your ears right now and go. At the end of four. Like when he gets reincarnated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like that was a moment where I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. And then was it five when they're in the Ministry of Magic or was that six? Five. Was was it? Yeah. I thought that scene was really cool. And he also looks like he can't fight high schoolers. Nobody tried just throwing hands. Yes, we're at Order of the Phoenix. Okay, cool. Okay, never okay, mind. Okay, okay. No, I liked, I, I thought his reincarnation scene and at the end of Goblet of Fire, where Harry was just fucking like downtrodden and he didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then when Voldemort came back, I'm like, oh, shit's about to go down. And then that, that, uh, in the Ministry of Magic, I believe in five, that fight scene, Bellatrix was there and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like they're all there. I thought that was really fucking cool. And then you just have that, I mean, I'm not going to talk. You have the the fight scene at the end, like the end end where they both duke it out. And yeah, he doesn't look menacing, but it's there. There are moments where you see his power and it's like, okay. Another thing you have to realize too, is like, he just came back. He's still trying to regain power, right? He's not as strong as he once was. It's like the moment in at the end of Rogue One. As a person who doesn't really care for Rogue One, I know I fucking hate me all you want. But at the end of Rogue One, when when Vader comes in and he's just fucking choking dudes out left and right, just killing people like it's nothing. It's it's that type of moment. And you see you see a moment kind of like that with a with Voldemort and Harry Potter where it's like, okay, this guy is fucking this guy is evil. Like this is a bad person yeah. and he, he is very powerful and it's part of me wishes there were more scenes like that because you don't, I mean, what it in all of star Wars to keep flip flopping back and forth, but like in all in, in all of star Wars, I didn't feel like Vader was this all powerful being until the end of rogue one. When you, he really showcases that he with a snap of his finger, he could kill you. Sure. And to me, he doesn't really show that very often because he shows a lot of restraint. I think in the original Star Wars, though, you have to look at the like what was going like the the rebels weren't really a problem, right? No, they weren't that big of a threat to him. So, so who fucking cares? Yeah, and then when he is fighting 
Luke, right? Justin, Vader took over a galaxy. Voldemort out lost to teenagers. Don't compare the two. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm trying to think of powerful moments that you see on screen from those two characters. Um, Vader was trying to convert Luke to the dark side the whole time. He never yes. intended to kill him or use full power. Right, because he understood that he was his son. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you never got to see Vader at that, like, pinnacle, I'm just going to kill everything because his fights were with Luke and he was trying to bring Luke to the dark side. Right. So, yes, you're right. In Rogue One, where you finally see him go crazy, like, that's the only time we really saw Vader be at his full power like that. And it's, it's those types of scenes that I love so much because they stick with you. Yeah. Like when I, when I think of Darth Vader, that's the scene I immediately jump to now. It's not one of the original trilogy scenes with him in it. It's, it's that fucking scene. It's not even the scene at the end of episode three where he's like rebuilt, you know? Yeah. For the, well, really for the first time it's, it is that scene at the end of rogue one where he's just going a wall and showing his, his power. And I'm like, that is a dude you do not want to fuck with. Yeah. And, uh, when you look at the original trilogy of Star Wars 2, they were very restricted by what the costume could do. Oh, for sure. Things back. The and the amount that they were able to do with all that, too, is crazy in and of itself. But yes, I yes. agree. Um, yeah. Voldemort's cool. Leave him alone, Justin. Read the books. Yeah, this global stick bullshit. I always say read the books, man. There's so much more detail. There's, I need to. There's much more going on. Like, like, I grew up with the book, so like... There's more, I guess if you if you don't want like there's more drama in the books between like different characters too. Yeah. There's a whole storyline in uh is it Order of the Phoenix? No. In the Half Blood Prince that's not prevalent in the movies. Um there's a whole storyline in I believe it's either Goblet or Order as well. That's not there with Hermione. Okay. Um Yeah, there's just more going on in the book, in the books and more detail, obviously like any, any sort of uh, Daniel Radcliffe and the, like every actor has a problem conveying, like you, like there's so much in the books that are like, that are with, within Harry's head, right? Mm -hmm. He's not speaking these lines. He's not talking to people, but there's things going on that you're not going to be able to convey silently through a camera. It's just, there's so much more to it. And I do, I, I got to read the books because I, I also love the idea of the Horcrux and the ultimate revelation that's, that's found out at the end as mm -hmm. well. Like that. I love, I want, I, I want to know more about that. And I know that the books are going to go into deeper detail on that. Even considering this, the, the final movie was split into two parts. Like I just, I love, I love that idea of like splitting his soul into, into separate pieces, into separate items and yeah, destroying them to make him weaker and well, to make him killable really. Because he's not able to be killed unless all the Horcruxes are gone. Right? Like that's kind of the whole point is that his soul lives on within those Horcruxes. Dave's leaving. See ya. All right, bye Dave. Dave. Too much Harry Potter talk. Um, I mean, yeah. So basically, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Basically we'll just leave it there. He's his, if his soul still exists, you can't, he's, he's not dead. There's a way to bring him back as like we saw in four. Right. Right. Cool. I got to read the books. Shall we 
with that out of the way, shall yeah. we talk about some uh, our second topic, the the meat and potatoes? Back to hold this uh, whole thing again. Yeah, Halo so, Infinite know, campaign impressions. Sci-fi movies into sci-fi game. Let's go. Fuck yeah, baby. <laughs> okay, so here is how this topic is going to work. Oh, Dave says, now nah, I'm at work heading home for class. We'll listen later. Sounds good because now we get into the real shit. So there's two things I want to read through. Um, There's a Bloomberg article that released some time ago, not too long ago. This is like right when the campaign released or right around there. Uh, And... The title of it is How Microsoft's Halo Infinite Went from Disaster to Triumph. This is by uh, Dina Bass and Jason Schreier of Bloomberg. So I want to read through that article. And don't worry, if you don't have, if your free trial to Bloomberg has run out, I have it all copy-pasted in here so you can read it without having to go through a paywall. And then also, um, I finally got in the Halo Infinite um, Game Informer magazine where Halo Infinite was the cover story for this. And so I highlighted um, just a couple paragraphs here that outline things a little bit further. And I thought it'd be really cool to provide that context to the show as well. So if you do not want infinite spoilers, now would be the time to tune away. Yes. And then provided with the VODs or with the, if you're listening on a podcast services, the timestamp for news, the next news segment would pick up where we stop with spoilers. There you go. So let's get to it. The how Microsoft's Halo Infinite went from disaster to triumph. This is the Bloomberg article. In July, 2020, Microsoft Corporation showed a nine minute trailer of Halo Infinite, the latest installment from its blockbuster gaming franchise, which has sold more than 81 million copies and brought in almost $6 billion. Halo fans have been waiting to get a taste of the game since the company first told them about it two years earlier. And Microsoft was counting on their enthusiasm to propel sales of its newest Xbox, which it planned to release in the fall. The trailer showed an expanded playing field and new weapons, but gamers immediately fixated on the graphics, which were so blocky that cynical fans began to joke that Xbox must have mixed up its Halo and Minecraft franchises. Even within Microsoft... There was a wide acknowledgement that releasing a half-baked demo was a big mistake. Quote, we should have known before and just been honest with ourselves, end quote. Phil Spencer, Xbox's head, said in a recent interview with British GQ magazine. Quote, we were there not out of deception, but more out of hope. And I don't think hope is a great development strategy, end quote. Microsoft reluctantly decided to push back the release date. It then tapped Joseph Staten lead writer for the first three Halo games in the early 2000s to get things back on track. Staten had stepped away from the franchise in 2009 and was serving as a senior creative director for Microsoft, where he worked on other big games, including State of Decay and Crackdown. A month after the debacle with the demo, Staten rejoined 343 Industries, the Microsoft-owned gaming studio that makes Halo, as its creative director. One of the first things he did was remind the studio's demoralized staff that the franchise's long-running success had actually been marked by several bumpy introductions, including a disastrous demonstration of the first Halo game in 2001 that almost doomed the series before it even got started. Quote, we've had some rough demos over the years, end quote, he says. 
Staten also persuaded Microsoft's leadership to give 343 as much time as it needed to fix things. Microsoft saw Halo as critical to influencing gamers to buy the new console. But releasing a buggy version could have soured players on the game. The studio made that mistake once before with its 2014 release of Halo The Master Chief Collection, whose multiplayer version was so glitchy that 343 ended up making multiple public apologies. Serious gamers still remember the episode as a, as a significant breach of trust that Microsoft couldn't afford to repeat. Quote, there's nothing worse for a game than to release it and have all sorts of bugs or things that are going to ruin the gameplay experience, end quote, says Jason Brown, who once competed in Halo's professional esports league under the name of Lunchbox. The risky decision to slow down seems to have transformed a potential disaster into a real success. In November, 343 surprised fans by releasing a free multiplayer mode of Halo Infinite on the 20th anniversary of the release of the first Halo game. By the next day, the game had set an Xbox record for the most concurrent players on the online gaming platform, Steam. The full version went on sale December 8th to positive initial reviews. Quote, Halo Infinite can't just be another Halo. It needs to be the Halo that exists in your imagination, end quote, wrote CNET reviewer Mark Sorrells. Quote, and incredibly, against all odds, it pretty much is. End quote. Gamers, notoriously difficult to keep happy, seem ready to forgive Microsoft for its false start. Quote, I don't want to say the Halo community has done a 180, because gamers now are just kind of skeptics, but they've turned maybe 130 degrees. End quote. Says Matt McDonald, moderator of a Halo forum on Reddit. Halo pits a genetically modified Marine, the Master Chief, in a battle against a religious cult of aliens with the future of humanity on the line. Coming into being alongside the first Xbox, it's been produced in-house at Microsoft since its inception. And in 2007, 343 took over production from Halo, uh, took over production of Halo from Bungie, the studio that made the earliest versions. The Microsoft-owned studio has been characterized by flaw internal tech tools, infighting, and high turnover according to interviews with more than 20 current and former employees who requested anonymity because they weren't authorized to speak publicly. All those factors played a role in the difficulties with Halo Infinite, which the studio began planning in 2015 just after Halo 5, the last full installment of the game was released. After kicking around various formulas, the developers landed in an idea that stuck. Halo as an open world game. Rather than progress through a series of levels, players would explore a giant landmass, completing missions in any order, as they did in Nintendo Company's 2017's The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is considered one of the greatest games of all time. What's up, Halo Creation? Welcome. Video games are built using software tools called gaming engines. The engine used to build Halo was one that 343 had based largely on old code from Bungie. Parts of the engine a set of tools called Faber, became infamous at the studio for being buggy and difficult to use. Within engineering, there's a concept known as tech debt, which refers to, pro which refers to problems one puts, one puts up with because the previous programmers of a system chose quick, easy solutions over more sustainable ones. Faber's code, some of which dated to the early 2000s, had so much debt that some 343 engineers mockingly referred to it as tech bankruptcy. The staffing at 343 was also unstable, partially because of its heavy reliance on contract workers who made up almost half 
the staff by some estimates. Microsoft restricts contractors from staying in their jobs for more than 18 months, which meant steady attrition at 343. Halo Infinite's creative direction was also in flux until unusually late in its development. Several developers described 343 as a company split into uh, fiefdoms, with every team jockeying for resources and making conflicting decisions. One developer described the process as, quote, four to five games being developed simultaneously, end quote. By the summer of 2019, Halo Infinite was in crisis mode. The studio decided to cut almost two thirds of the entire planned game, leaving managers to instruct some designers to come to the office and do nothing while the studio figured out the next move. Eventually, the game's open world was cut back from a vast Zelda-like experience into something far smaller. It soon became clear to some on the team that, even with the com compromises, getting Halo Infinite into decent shape by the following fall would be impossible. Still, the timing of the release didn't seem up for discussion. Microsoft told 343 that it had to be a launch game for the next Xbox, which meant releasing it in November 2020. The demo changed all that. Microsoft said on August 11, 2020 that it would delay the game, though it left the exact timing vague. When Staten arrived, he pushed his bosses to let 343 take its time, presenting them with a list of features that would make Halo Infinite a success if time weren't the only factor. Quote, here's a list of all the things we could do to make this game excellent. End quote. He recalls telling them, quote, here's what's more time. Here is what more time buys us. End quote. As a player, Satin liked how computer-controlled Marines in earlier versions would join up with him on his battles. At the time he took over, he says, Marines in Halo Infinite were programmed to stay frustratingly close to the spots where the player first encountered them. Quote, every once in a while I run into a couple Marines, Satin says, but they kind of stay where they are, and they don't join me on my adventure, and they're not part of that heroic feeling you get from classic Halo games, end quote. In the end, 343 fixed the graphics problems and Staten got his roaming Marines. But Halo Infinite isn't yet a finished product. That's okay in a way that wouldn't have been true for past versions. Since the release of the last full version of the game, the industry has moved more towards regularly updated games than periodic releases of entirely new titles. The studio is planning to add some key features and updates, including co-op mode, which lets gamers play the campaign with a friend, and Forge, which allows for the creation of multiplayer maps. For now, Halo players are content to play the version 343 is releasing. Quote, it just has a really good balance of new and old, which can cater to classic and newer fans alike. End quote. Says Marcus Lovejoy, who competed in Halo's Professionals Esports League under the name Alumni before becoming a team manager. That has been one of the game's, the biggest game changers. Bottom line, Microsoft wanted to release the latest Halo with the new Xbox, but avoided disaster by putting the release off to fix serious issues with the game. So, basically, we knew all that. Yeah. We knew that Microsoft wanted to sell the fucking box. It's what we said for countless times. And that's why I really didn't think it was going to be delayed. Because they really wanted to sell it with the box. Well, at this point, thank God it was. Oh, yeah. The fact that you'd be able to... They said that the original one of the original plans was for you to play the missions in any order you wanted. 
that is not a cohesive narrative at all. No. And Halo, Halo's stories are known for having a linear path to them. Sure. And, uh, I mean, ODST notwithstanding. But even then, like, some of ODST's locations are kind of blocked off until you progress further, but whatever. So I am, so they said they cut two-thirds of the game, right? From the initial idea. From the initial idea, yeah. Because, the, because what they were trying to do was they were trying to remake Breath of the Wild, but for Halo. They are trying to capture that, um, not imagination, but like, they're just, they're, they're trying to capture that essence of the title. Yeah. So I'm curious if maybe the missions that we got, like maybe they were still linear and there was, there was two other storylines that maybe were happening that got cut. Sure. And you could play though. I don't know. I feel like they would still have to keep it somewhat linear. You can't just go play the final mission. Right. Like what would be the point? Yeah. You know? All right. So with the Bloomberg article done, um, I want to go through some things that I highlighted here in the Game Informer cover story for Halo Infinite. Let's get to it. Like I said, I just highlighted sections. So, quote, there was also a goal to bring someone in who could help plan for the future of Halo and understand that we're now working as a live game and we're an evolving service and we have this great community, end quote, Staten says. Quote, and then dig in and help chart the course for what's coming next. That part of my job has been more challenging to do in the last year as we've all been so focused on launching the first release of Infinite. It's more than just a game. It's a universe that's going to continue to grow over time in collaboration with our fans and really fueled by Xbox Game Pass. So, um, Halo Christian says, in my honest opinion, the campaign feels like a big intro, good potential, but not there just yet. Justin says, my newest complaint with infinite and will had to hear about it all just a few, on, uh, a few days ago. Again, I apologize for my bitching, but why is every jump just high enough to force clamber? Well, if you watch wonder boys videos on some of those maps, maybe not every jump is. Maybe we can get some crouch jumps in there, my friend. But it, 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 I mean, that's where like the different skill comes in, right? What they call the skill ceiling. Yes. But it, it is, it does force clamber in some situations. And it, it is a mechanic in the game. So, and to, to comment on that feels like a big intro. Yeah. Justin says here as well. They, they are reintroducing halo to a new generation of gamers. Yes. The, the big intro feel was probably by design to get new people back in to reintroduce chief and his AI, the weapon, the weapon to gamers. Yep. And it's a live model. So it is literally an intro campaign, which I'm assuming don't know for sure. I have no inside information on this, but I would assume we get DLC campaigns down the road. So again, I want to restate here. Um, it's more than just a game. It's a universe that's going to continue to grow over time in collaboration with our fans and really fueled by Xbox Game Pass. So do you think those updates are going to be free on Games Pass? That is exactly what that sounds like to me is what Joe's stating. I also know that uh, 
you get discounted things if you have Game Pass. Yes. So maybe a $40 expansion is now $20 for a Game Pass user. Maybe. Maybe. The next highlight I have here. While Halo 4 and 5 achieved commercial and critical success, many longtime players felt the series drifting away from its core identity. And some of those players were on the team at 343 Industries. Quote, I think 343 made some mistakes in chasing dragons. They forgot that they owned their own dragon, end quote, says head of design Jerry Hook. Quote, creating or designing for an established franchise versus a brand new IP is very different. We tried to put a lot of those foundational elements into very clear documents. Why do the weapons do what they do? Why do we go to a different form of aim down sights than the rest of the industry? Why does Halo do that? And why was it successful? It really helped us get back to what made Halo the dragon that it was. Again, kind of like a return to form. Yeah. From the previous um, sense. Halo Creation says, no, big intro in the sense it lacks way too much variety to feel like a full thing. Ooh. I completely disagree. If we're talking about the open world, then I can agree. If we're talking about the missions, I disagree. Um, I will, I will go down the path of they did. The, the, the weapon sandbox felt a little short. Oh, small. Yeah. But, but what was the weapon sandbox in one? Yeah, I think they're maybe think a little bit bigger. I still. think they're trying to reset expectations. I mean, five had such a huge sandbox that it was like it was too overbearing with all the war zone variants and shit. It was, it was a little ridiculous. Now, mm -hmm. I do think. I do think they could have more. The shock weapons are new and we I don't know why, but I have this feeling we will be introduced to more as the expansions come. We will, yeah, they already said that they're going to be bringing old favorites back too. Yeah. So. Um, he also, Halo Creation says, uh, the environments fall short, the variety in fights as well. Oh, and we're not saying you think it's a bad game. No, no, no. Definitely not. <clears throat> I guess it's all, it's all up for interpretation because with the, with the open campaign, the way it was, you can approach fights very differently depending on how you wanted to. In the open world, you in can. In the open world. Yes. In the, in the linear missions, no. The bosses all did have kind of the same arena feel. Yes, they did. But at least they weren't Warden Eternal four to five times in the game. They had different weapons. They had slightly different mechanics to them, although a lot of it felt like just running right at you, but that's besides the point. Um, Fair enough. Yes, it was. Yes, creation wasn't improvement over the world. Yeah. That bar is so fucking low, but whatever. All right. No, I mean, that's, that's good feedback that you felt that it wasn't like full because I mean, I felt like it was good. I felt it was decent. Did it leave me wanting more? Yes. But I feel like that was the intention. Yeah. This is the start of a 10 year game. We will get, they want people to have that feeling of wanting to come back. So when the next thing drops, which my assumption would be when the next season drops in May or whatever, yep. we might get more. Maybe. As the narrative unfolds in the subsequent hours, it's apparent that Master Chief in his latest mission is very much about confronting the profound implications of Cortana's betrayal and finding a way to stop her. Quote, the interesting thing is it's about 18 months after the end of Halo 5. 
says associate creative director Paul Crocker. To people who remember Halo 5, it ended with a bunch of characters in a tent discussing what they were going to do next. And one of the things we really wanted to do was not start the next game and have 10 people going, here's a plan on a map. And we also wanted to move time forward so that there were uh, surprises for people because we knew that we wanted to introduce a solution to the problem of Cortana. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. We're a mystery story about what is going on and unpicking it as you play through the game, Crocker says. That's always been the goal for us. When I started here, the most important phrase that was being used was green man and blue lady and how they mattered to people and really just trying to get us back to that and what made Halo Halo over the last 20 years. So that involves making a story that didn't need to have huge previously on at the beginning. And frankly, I think it worked out perfectly for that. They, they, it didn't, it didn't require that. Yeah. You know? Like, here's what happened in the last six years between five and here. Development time, not in-game time, obviously. Um, Creation says, I do agree there's likely a very conscious uh, intention, but I do get as well the, the feel. It's like how they fell back on their feet after a major fuck-up, and apparently this article confirms that kind of too. Yeah, we've, are, we've all known, like you probably included, like we've all had this feeling that the development has been very rocky with infinite from the start, right? You have creative directors leaving. You have Joe coming on and uh, remember our initial thought he comes in and we're getting close to the release date, the supposed release date, which is mm-hmm. fall 2020. And, and we're all thinking to ourselves, what the fuck is he going to do in six months? Yeah. And like the Bloomberg article says, Microsoft can only contract workers for 18 months. Yep. That is not long enough to build a game. No. No, and, and Microsoft relies heavily on contracted workers. They said almost 50% of the staff, guessing. Yes, estimations, yeah. And it's like, we knew that this game was in development hell. Joe comes in with what is, looks to be like six months left until game time, and he had to fight. He had to go into them and be like, we can't fucking do this. We, we can't, we need more time. If you If you want this game to sell your boxes you need to give us more time. And they gave it to him because they're like, you're established. We know what you're capable of doing with the teams that you've had in previous Halo titles and your experience with Destiny and whatnot. Like you, we, yeah, go ahead. If, if, and that's the thing too. It says in the article that he brought to them because you need to do this in these business meetings. He brought to them if you give me more time, here is what we will do to make this a better experience. Yeah. Because if you can't provide those like tangible results, then they're going to look at you and be like, well, fuck, who cares? Just get it out the door. I, I will commend them in doing that because that's got to, that's a tough, that's a tall order to go yep. to the, go to the, go to Microsoft and be like, Hey, you want this game to be your pusher for your new box? Yep. No. Exactly. Like, right? Like, what? And that proves it right there. What we what we already talked about, what we already knew is that it comes from the top down, guys. If, if Microsoft wants something, if Sony wants something, if Nintendo wants something, right? If, if insert major company here wants <laughs> something, their executive board is going to be like, hey, motherfuckers, we want this. 
make it happen. And you have this time to do it. And then it's up to the person working on it and team working on it to go back to them and be like, look, if you want a, if you want a grade a product instead of a grade C product, here is what we can do. If you give us more time, here is how this will become a grade a product instead of this mediocre thing that you're making us make right now. Um, I don't know if you, I'm going to go back and chat here. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, Goalie Sniper says, I'm just sad we lost Blue Team. I waited years to get to play with the best Spartans ever, and we lost them. And that'll always be sad. Yeah. I hope that we get them back. I'll just say that eventually in the story. And this is coming from, we haven't read any of the additional extended lore, so we don't necessarily know if Blue Team is still out there. We assume they are because nothing indicates that they're dead unless it is stated in extended lore. Uh, Halo Creation. I do 100% agree on how the story has been very cleverly done. At the beginning, we're all like, what What the hell is happening? Fans and non-fans alike, and then the whole campaign is about catching up. It yeah. is. I was really confused, too, because I thought we were, like, doing some tri- tri- time travel bullshit. <laughs> uh, goalie Sniper, they must have rewrote the whole story. I don't, maybe not the whole story, I but don't think I the think whole thing. Refined. Yeah, definitely aspects of it, for refined, sure. Refined, because... Like I said, two thirds of the game was cut. Maybe this story that we that was more intertwined with the other two thirds, and they're like, "Nope, trimming it down." Right, hundred percent. Read, redefined and focused. Maybe focus is big. Focus is big. Uh, Halo creation. I don't know if uh, Staten got the delay or if Chris Lee got it at the cost of his job. That that was one of the things I talked about with the creative director leaving. It was Chris Lee. So it's it really felt like there was this divide as stated in the Bloomberg article where it was like five different games being worked on at once yeah, and trying to meld them together to make something cohesive. And it just didn't work. And Joe came in after Chris was gone, realized that if we want a shippable product, if we want a complete package, I'm going to put complete in air quotes because it's a live service game. But like, if we want something that we can ship and call it complete, right? Then it needs a fucking overhaul. And for all intents and purposes, I think they executed as well as they possibly could have with the product that we were given. Yeah. Halo Creation goes on to say, I would love to be a mouse in those offices to listen to the conversations. Oh, oh I, agreed. I bet they were screaming in those conversations at some point. At some point, yeah. Um, um, Justin, uh, to know what we lost in order to get what we got, maybe one day we'll get another Bravo podcast about it. They And Justin says they are. It was in an audio log. Weren't on the infinity when shit hit the fan. All right, good. So they're okay then. I was going to say, nothing indicated to us that they were dead anyway, so that's good to know. Um, but more than individual weapons or crates, the Grunt Mule is my favorite new addition to the scavenging gameplay. Like a treasure goblin in a fantasy RPG, this frantic little alien runs through battlefields at high speed as he hauls a variety of valuable weapons. Take him out, and his inventory blossoms across the ground. A smorgasbord of tasty weaponry to enrich the sandbox of play. Oh, with the grunts? Yeah, the grunt. The yeah. grunts are they're the most beautiful thing. I love the grunts. The, yeah. If you if you ever get the John, I would We're afraid of a guy named John! If you get the I would have been your daddy skull, the amount of lines that they fucking say is incredible. I'm going to have to put that on. It's incredible. I have, I have that one. I'm going to do I'll, my next. So I'm waiting on my legendary playthrough. Sure. I think I'm going to do an easy playthrough so I can just chill. Yeah. And just fuck around yep. and do crazy shit. It's fun. And just yeah, put that one on to listen to all the random. It's crap. fun. Yeah. And it's funny. 
Um, I was asked to help define what the new Forerunner style is going to look like for this game. The words that were given to me were classic and legacy, says senior environment artist Tim Diaz. We played all the original Halo games just to figure out how, when Bungie was doing this, what was in their mind? Why would they pick these kind of angles? They had a directionality of always making the player look up. We had directionality in Halo 4 and 5, but it was more of pointing the player to the objective rather than just letting the player look at the environment. So let's rebuild on those principles and make this more of a specific, uh, of a spectacle. Bring it back to that church-like monolithic style. I think they did a wonderful job with the Forerunner architecture. I agree. Um, there was many times I found myself just, like I said, looking around. Ooing and aahing at everything that was yeah. there. Yeah. They also did a good job of when the camera came out of, like, when you're going into that, like, cutscene mode. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, like, that camera just gave you a glimpse of what was beyond Yes. What you were looking at previously, and you're like, oh, man, that was, that was awesome. Oh, man. All right. I only have a couple more here. All right. It's really important to know that she's not omniscient, like Cortana was, says narrative experience director Dan uh, Chosich, alluding to Cortana's repeated understanding of information beyond the player's knowledge in previous games. There's no secret here. The weapon doesn't know what she doesn't know. And so, as you're going through the story, she's learning just as much as you are. So none of it was a front. It was it's all legit. She just like she's she had a, no idea. She yep. was learning. Uh, she she is literally a brand new AI with, yes. with that had one purpose and that's the the only information she was given. She's an infiltration AI. Yes. Meant to take systems down. Meant to steal and take things down. And the final thing that I have here we want the game to always say yes, Crocker says. So we give the players the tools and different ways of approaching the problems that we have placed between them and their destination. Infinite's vast explorable areas offer an alternative to the linear golden path. They also dramatically increase the replayability, as Halo fans do when they always do, play again on a higher difficulty setting. As each area gradually connects up to previous explored locales, the scope of the massive Zeta Halo begins to come into focus and tease the potential for how the game could continue to expand into the future. There is a point where if you looked out into the ring, you can see these other kind of like, I, I think I said this to you, defined areas where like the crashed guardian is. Yeah. And things, I feel like that may have been part of the game, that two thirds at one point, because it's detailed, right? Why would they add detail to something that they're not going to ever use? I think we will go farther out onto the ring and explore those areas in future in the future um but yeah there's there are points for like there could be so much more on this map right like which we might get i think this this story will keep progressing yes speaking of which shall we talk about the story um we're at the point in the time for our impressions we are i'm gonna step away and use the restroom real quick okay if you would like to talk to chat or whatever, I will be back in a minute because I'm not going to make it through impressions. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Uh, yes, I will catch up on chat. So uh, creation says, I wish it was true, but I feel re replay value is not that great right now. And that's probably why I'm not like, this is all awesome. 
But maybe it's because I had to redo the same three missions over seven times over the past two days to try to get one trick working, and it was so frustrating. No mission selection and no co-op equals a de facto lower replay value, I suppose. I agree 100%. The no, the no mission selection, the no being able to replay missions, the no co-op is incredibly detrimental to the title. 100%. Um, Justin says the 400 structures look so good. I stopped so many times just to look. Absolutely. I agree. Um, and I don't think she even got humanity's history, which is what all new AIs got. Well, maybe it's just because of the type of AI that she is or the, the reasoning why she was made in the first place, if you will. Um, but yeah. So we didn't really talk a lot of spoilery stuff there, but again, this is just a forewarning. If you are listening to the audio version of the show or watching the VOD back, whatever, however you may be listening or watching, consuming, um, we are going to be talking about spoilers for the campaign. So again, if you have not finished the Halo Infinite campaign and you don't want to know anything about what happens um, throughout it, then be warned that that is exactly what we're going to be talking about. Um, Imagine theater mode for campaign. Imagine, you know, shit just being in a game at launch when it's been there forever. That's besides the point. Um, all right, Will. Yeah. Halo Infinite campaign impressions. Okay. Okay. Uh, are you looking for, you want me? Want me to talk to you? Yeah. Uh, overall, what did you think? Um... I, I I really enjoyed it. I did. I loved it. The it, how let's give context. How much like how much campaign have you played in the title? Like I beat I beat the campaign. Okay, so you you, you did one playthrough. Yep. Okay. One, one full playthrough. Okay. Um removing the jacket. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm removing the suit jacket. We did our awards. I'm done. You're done with that. Um, man. Um, how do I even, where do I start? One full playthrough. Yep. I love that. It felt like a re introductory because I came in late to the halo series, right? Yep. I had to play catch up and experiencing the story through the old games, the old mechanics didn't always feel great. But this kind of was like, I have my own new Halo story, kind of new Halo story, um, that I got introduced to you know, on a new platform, well, new new box. You know what the I mean? The new box. The new box. And I, it, it was just, it was great. Um, there was a couple points in the story where I'll, I'll even say like, the lines, the music, like I, I got teared up a couple times, like, holy shit. Like, yeah, it was good. I thought it was really good. What about yourself? So I have three playthroughs under my belt now. One on normal. That was my hundred percent playthrough when the game released. Then I did an easy, just blow through the missions to do the complete every mission, less than eight hours or whatever. Sure. And then just over the weekend, I did I uh, did my legendary 
run through as well. Um, and I will say, and I think like all the, the release hype is, is off me now. But if you just stay on the golden path, right, where you don't emphasize the open world at all and you just go mission to mission, Mm -hmm. I truly believe that because of the story, not necessarily the level design, but yeah, I, I think this is the best story of any Halo campaign. It... It starts you off really, really well with Atriox just being there, uh, like the Infinity getting destroyed, Atriox being there, making Master Chief look like a little bitch. And you're like, oh, okay. And there's you, you don't interact with it. It's just in a cutscene. And he's like, I'm the last fucking face you're going to see. And he dumps you off. And you're like, whoa. All right, Atriox. Okay. So when first playing the game, part of my thought was, oh, we're going to fight Atriox at some point in time, right? But then fairly early on, Eshiram comes in and it's like Atriox is dead. And you're like, what? How? Like, wouldn't he just jump off the ship? Like, he has friends there that can just pick him up, you know? Yeah. So I immediately thought he's not fucking dead. Like, there's no way he's dead. Lo and behold, we find out at the very end that he's not. But uh, again, we're talking about spoilers here. So top to bottom, beginning to end, I think this is the best Halo story that has ever released. And I love three. Like I love three. I think three starts and ends really well. Um, But no, Infinite starts you off bombastic and and then kicks you off into kind of like a slow... You have this like melancholy moment. It's this somber moment as you're drifting through with the singular bullet, you know, after the pilot picks you up. Yeah. And he's like, how the fuck are you going to do this with one bullet? And he's like, I'll, I'll just wait. And you get in, you storm that ship, you bring the ship down and then you're just, and then you have that, that halo CE halo level moment where instead of crash landing on a halo, it's, the door opens up and it's there for you and it's open. Well, as open as it is, you know, um, Oh, what's (laughs) What's up? Zeker. How's it going? Oh, that's funny. Says, what up, man? I forgot you get, you gave me your card in Raleigh. I was the chunky Hispanic kid. Good looking. (laughs) Well, thanks for stopping by. (laughs) Thank you so much for stopping by. Hope you had fun in Raleigh, and welcome to the live show. Um, We we are talking, uh, for anyone joining, we are talking campaign spoilers here. So Yes, so while we are a predominantly competitive show, this is like an end of the year, we'll call it a special, if you will. Sure. Where we're going to talk about the Halo Infinite campaign, because we haven't done that on the show yet. And like you said, we we wrapped up Raleigh already on our previous show, and we're waiting for the open and pro series, which will be discussed on next week. So we're talking campaign. So we got time this week. Um. But yeah, I was, I was enthralled from the beginning to be honest with you. I think I may have said this to Justin, but like if the open world wasn't there at all, 
I would have been fine with it. If it just had the linear mission structure with the cutscenes, because I think it tells such a good story from beginning to end. And it answers so many of the questions that you had at the end of five, like what the fuck is this bitch doing? Yeah. You know? And it was, it is emotional. There, there, the thing to know is that like in halo three, right in halo three, it was the tagline was finish the fight, right? Where it's your, your boots on the ground. You're fucking trucking from destination to destination. Yes. You have some somber moments when you retrieve Cortana, um, finally. And like, then you have your warthog run. It's a very bombastic. It's very fun. It's a very action packed, um, title, very action packed story. And then in, you go to infinite and yes, you have those action packed moments, but you also have these moments of just quiet where you're just listening and the music kicks in and you're like, and the weapon realizes she, she realizes that, uh, a Cortana was genuinely a bad AI. Like she turned from being chief's companion and chief is like, I feel like it's my responsibility. I fucked up. I made this the way that it is. I put everybody in this situation. And then the weapon coming to the ultimate realization that no, she's literally Cortana, just a different, a different version of Cortana. Yeah. And chief says that, yeah, you are her without knowing that anything really. Um, There, and they, they did close it out with Cortana being like, I realized I was wrong, which yep. was huge too. That's huge closure for chief. It was to realize that, no, it's not, it, it wasn't your fault, John. It wasn't, yeah. it, it was me that did this. No, my, no amount of what you could tell me would have changed what I did, but it's me realizing this now. Yeah. And the, the point where she said it, it was never about me. It was about us. Yep. That's what it should have been. And like that was perfectly that, perfect. That hit the feels, yeah. you know, geez. And it's a lot of these really slow moments that really provide context as to what's happened throughout those years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, throughout those months, throughout those months between five and infinite in game time, that is. And it's, you, it's, it's just, I loved it. And Justin says, can we talk about Jen's performance in this game? Incredible. That's the thing too, is that Jen, Jen Taylor, the voice of Cortana also voice, she voices Halsey in case anybody didn't know that, but she also voiced the weapon because duh. Yeah. And it's funny because when you play through the game and before, before the weapon realizes that she's a Cortana model, that the way that Jen is able to have three different types of voices like the 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 older mom voice with Halsey um direct to the point not apathetic really and then you have or not empathetic I mean and then you have Cortana who is and isn't and just the dynamic of those two type of personalities that Cortana has and then you have the weapon which is like this happy go lucky I don't know what's going on this is kind of fun and Oh, the bandage smell bad. And oh, you're funny. This is, yeah. this is yeah. fun. Hey, what's going on? Right. 
something that I loved about it too was um, I really got the sense in this campaign that it's it's the it's kind of the ironic thing where John is more machine and the AI is more human. human. You're like, wow, like you know he's just yeah fight move forward next mission keep going and she's like why are we doing this what's going you know and i love how that that a lot of the the first half of the game feels like that right mm-hmm. where he is very direct now he he the thing to know is that john talks a lot more in this title and yeah. now granted it is still the chief so it doesn't talk a shit ton but he he does talk more and for the first half of the game you do have that where he is very direct to the point i need to fucking get there I need to kill him because this is all bad and we're not going to have a world to save if we don't stop them. Right. Yep. Um, where the pilot, all he wants to do is try to get back to his family. So, but then around a midway point where the weapon and chief have that divide between one another, I guess, if you will, where he just doesn't trust her. He feels as though he can't trust her because he knows he knows what she is. He knows she's Cortana. And he's worried that she's going to do the same thing that Cortana already did. And he doesn't want that to happen. Now, for the first time ever, we get the deletion protocol come up. Oh, yes. Where. uh, Red flag. Yep. Samuel, all that. So, so John has the deletion protocol where he will delete the AI um, if he goes through the sequence. And. Um the weapon there was a very critical moment in the story where the weapon stopped him. The first time he tries to implement it, he stops himself. Yes. Yes. The second time. Yes. Yep. So the second time it it appears as though that she's going to be taken over by what the harbinger is what we assume that was. Yes. Yeah. I I believe the voice is the harbinger. And instead of that happening, the weapon comes back and she's like, you're what the fuck are you doing? I'm, I'm putting the fucks in here, but like, wh- what are you doing? You're going to try to delete me. Yeah. Like, why don't you trust me? This is literally what I'm programmed to do. This is what I was made to do. And you're it, like, why don't you trust me? This is exactly what I was designed to do. Infiltration program. Remember? Like, I think that's literally what she said. And he, in his mind, because she doesn't know yet that she's Cortana, mm-hmm. she's a Cortana model. In his mind, it's like, I, it is my fault. I can't let this happen again. Right. And I will do everything in my power to not let that happen again. That's why he blows back up at her being like, you just compromised everything by doing what you just did. Like, this is your fault now too. Yeah. Um, but then later on you have, and we'll, we'll, I'll get to chat. I know you're reading it. The The next thing, one of the next big story beats that happens is that when she realizes and she finds out that that's who she is and she's worried yeah, because she is so innocent and she believes that she has this one directive of what she needs to do. And she thinks to herself, Oh my God, I don't want to be that. Yeah. Like I get it. You can delete me. Go ahead. I'm, I'm good. You do it because I am not going to become what she became. And that's when chief is like, no, then don't exactly. (laughs) Because that's it. I trust you now. 
and that that is a storyline I think we might still teeter on. Yeah. Is does she cuz like she doesn't want to become what Cortana did, but she could something could happen along the way. And if if all AIs are designed the same that they go rampant after 7 years, I think that's what the yeah. the lore behind it was. And so Cortana was Cortana was going rampant uh, in 4 um because she was seven years old at that point. And the whole point was trying to get back to Halsey to make it so she could be saved. But then the events of four happened. So we know, um, I'm not a major, major lore kid, but as a standalone game, the story kept you hooked to the end and wanting to learn more. Absolutely. Zeker. 100%. Um, I also loved how the Cortana voice lines popped up through this, through the story. Like you had the one, the, the very beginning cutscene. If you know how you were going to die, da da dot, and then you had that kind of slowly pop up, and then it evolved, and you're like, and she asked Atriox that question at the yeah, end. Yep. And she, and when he's like, I would change absolutely nothing. She's like, okay, I know what the fuck I need to do. Yep. No, I thought that was that carried out very well and kept me interested in that. Like, whoa, what's happening with this? And the amount, the amount of callbacks that they've had to previous Halo titles with one-liners and whatnot thrown in there. Yeah. They brought, uh, they brought Captain Keys back uh, to do voice lines too. They brought, I mean, obviously Halsey was there. It was, it was just really the Dustin Echoes comment that happened was like, oh shit, because you when when the weapon so. Chief hears um, through the dust and echoes Cortana stating a couple lines that like they've talked to one another. Right. Yeah. And the weapon this earlier in the way earlier in the game when he basically just gets the weapon for the first time and she goes, um, chief goes, did you hear that with Cortana? And the weapon's like, it's just dust and, es- dust and echoes. And his response, the way he says his response, like, what did you just say? As in, like, excuse me? Yeah. Like, are you saying that I'm hallucinating or some shit? Because I know what the fuck I heard. It's it's that, it was that delivery of that line. To be, He just doesn't understand. And she is so naive and so programmed to do her one thing and doesn't know that by her saying that and him giving that response, she she's like, no, nah, she, it's just what it is. She invoked a response in him yeah. that she didn't even know would it was, be there. That, that's the type so, of shit that we go, haven't had in a long time. Go ahead. I'm going sorry. back to chat here, Justin says, also, I'm so happy they didn't just make John emotionless. Yep. They did, but it was him holding back. Another great performance. And Zeker states his moments, his moments too are totally in character. Didn't feel forced. And that's what just... Like sometimes in, I felt people were saying, I guess I didn't experience this in four and five. He had been so emotionless before that those responses and, and feelings that chief had felt too forced. Thank too, you. Too out of there. So this was dialed in yes. to the right, like the perfect. perfect. And that's, to the people out there who were complaining about, especially in four, because four was the first time this really happened. Because Chief is always known to be this badass, this super soldier, the savior of humanity, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, while genetically modified, he is human. He is a person. 
and in four, a lot of people didn't like how they kind of, they, they got a little bit away from that. I'm the kickasser of worlds where I'm this unbeatable super soldier to no, I actually feel shit because I've been with this AI for so long. And to me, I loved it because we finally got that. We, we did get a little bit of emotion. Yeah. And I'm not saying we need a lot of it, but especially in infinite, like the stuff that we got, it just felt so, it felt so good. It felt so good. Um, Justin, he says, can anyone explain to me how he survived six months in space? Like I know old Mjolnir had uh, roughly 90 minutes of air could last more if they went into uh, shutdown mode, but I'm assuming gen three is internal cryo. It's my only explanation. I don't know. Good question. Maybe you should look into extended lore, Justin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're not, we're just, we're, we're just surface level campaign guys, right? <laughs> it's right. No, I haven't but, read any books. Uh, it's just. It was so well done. And that's why to me, again, if we're just focusing on the story front of the campaign, mm -hmm. I think it is the best Halo story that has ever released. I think Halo one does a really, really good job of setting you up um, for like, this is bigger than you. This is way bigger than you. Yeah. And at the very end of one where uh, they're like, where he goes, no, I just think we're, I think we're just getting started. Right. And you come to realize it's way more than just one ring. And then Halo 2, I'm not a huge fan of Halo 2's story because because of how, yes, it ends on a big cliffhanger, but we're at a point in time where 3 exists, so it's not that big of a deal anymore. I just think the cutting between characters is a little weird. Um, things are a little too long sometimes, but that's besides the point. But, like, the, the only thing I could compare it to is, like, a mixture between CE and 3 where... It's, it's just, it's cohesive. It's just cohesive from start to finish. And it tells, it tells its own story while also like Justin said, living, leaving nuggets for players who have been playing for so long mm -hmm. while also being like, it's like the, if for anybody who's played final fantasy 15, and even if you haven't, when you boot it up for the first time or you boot it up anytime, really, there's a line that shows when, when the game boots up, it says it's a final fantasy for fans and first timers alike. Halo infinite feels like that to me. It's a halo game for fans and first timers alike. Um, yeah. Uh, halo creation says the more time goes, uh, the more time goes, the more I feel halo Two storytelling was just so much richer and completes on all fronts. Really? Wow. I think the blur cutscenes do that a lot more justice. That's for sure. It helps convey things a lot more for me. I also liked, I'm going to compare this to destiny a little bit. Sure. Just in the fact that everything I needed to know was in the game. Mostly. Right. Yeah. Whereas like with destiny, sometimes you get like a story nugget. That's like, I had to read these five pages of grimoire somewhere to know what this little Thing even meant I, I felt like I got enough information from this storyline to for it to be its own thing right and then you have like throughout the game like for for new for newcomers who don't really who don't necessarily know who Cortana is right mm -hmm. when when he when they go when chief goes to get the weapon at the very beginning of the game and 
the pilot doesn't know what's going on because the pilot's like, I'm like, what? what? There's nothing fucking there. Why are we going there? Yeah. Why are we landing here? We go home. We need to go home. Yeah. <laughs> so they go get the weapon and the pilot sees the weapon for the first time. And you have that immediate reaction of why the fuck do you have her? She caused all this shit to happen. It's her fault. Him thinking that she's Cortana. Right. And that just opens up that extra layer of, Hey, if you don't know who Cortana is, she is another AI. She is apparently bad. Mm -hmm. So why is she bad? Well, the weapons trying to figure that out. And lo and behold, you find that out later on and it, it unravels itself kind of like an onion to use a poor metaphor, but like it, it unwraps itself like an onion where towards the end, at the end, you finally realize that a, she was very fucking bad and B she realized that and she changed. And when you, when you come to find out that she like, she destroys Atriox and Eshram's world. Like she blows up their planet. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I get it now. And you have that moment where, where Eshram dies at the, towards the tail end of the game. And Eshram's like, fight me at the, like when he's already beaten. Yeah. Right. And, and the chief kind of just embraces him. And when the pilot's like, why the fuck would you do that? He's a terrible person. And he goes, look, he's just a soldier. Yeah. He was doing what he was. He was doing what he thought was right. He was following orders. Like, I can't fault him for that. Um, it goes back to the whole, everyone's a hero of their own story, right? Yeah. To all these other creatures, you know, the covenant banished chief is there. Like if you flip it, chief is their Eshram or their Atriox. Yep. They're fighting him. Yep. He is this leader of humanity that's destroying all these things. And Cort Cortana came out of the UNSC, which is tied to Chief. They they know of his legacy. They, they know of Chief. Yeah. And then you have that moment, another kind of like, like holy shit moment where she's talking to Lord Hood. Cortana is in this, in this like, uh, not flashback, but you like you see the holograms or whatever the fuck the dust and echoes of them. Sure. And and Cortana threatening Earth. And the weapon's reaction was she threatened Earth? Yeah. And and Chief's like, yeah, they they she attacked a base in Sydney and wiped it completely out. Like it's that it's that type of shit where the weapon is realizing all of this and it's really coming on to her like, Oh my God, this is really, really bad. And it's just Hila creation says Cortana blows up an entire world. And from that point, I started to root for Atriox and the brutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Justin's right. He's legit called a demon. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing too. Eshram also says, um, at some point earlier on in the game, he says, uh, some may call you demon. Some may call you reclaimer. We, we call, call you, you prey. prey. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not scared of you. We're, we want to fight you. We're, we're embracing this. We're looking forward to this moment. That's going to happen. And it gives that the banish that feel of the, just an army. They're yes. soldiers. They're there to do their job. Yes. 
Um, okay. So we never talked about her yet, but uh, the Harbinger. She is a new, I'm going to put new in quotes because it's very old, but uh, new in the sense of our knowledge of the race of the endless. Um, so throughout the story, you come to find out that it's not just, it's not just about eliminating the banished, right? To save humanity. It's not just about finding about like what happened to Cortana. Is she dead? Right? Yeah. Spoiler alert. She is at the very end of the game. You find out that she actually is dead and it is an echo that is left back for him, even though it sounds like she's alive. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Because she, she, she replies to what the weapon says, knowing that's what the weapon would say. And he, and she even says that she's like, at least that's what I thought she would say. Right. Yeah. Um, so you have the harbinger, which is an endless, uh, so you come to find out that this halo ring Zeta halo is far different than other halo rings. So one of the main functions of a halo ring is to destroy the flood, right? It, it is, it is created as a weapon of mass destruction to destroy the flood infestation, which is said to wipe out entire civilizations and end life as you know it. Yeah. Okay. So that's what the halos are. That's one of the functions of a halo ring. We come to find out fairly early on that Zeta halo is not what it appears to be exactly. And you have basically what are like containment facilities of species to maintain life in the event of halo ring fires, right? Yes. To preserve life forms so that when, um, when a halo ring fires and all life is eradicated from wherever that is, that new, that these species could repopulate, I guess you could say, right? Yes. So the endless, uh, th- it is said throughout the story that there is something far more dangerous than the flood. And our immediate thought is what the fuck could be more dangerous than the flood? You have a literal thing that takes out species. Yeah. Like it's nothing, right? What could be, what could be worse than the flood? Turns out it's the endless. And Now I'm going deeper into things that are not necessarily stated in the game, but the endless, um, they are known to not be killed when a ring is fired. They can survive a halo ring or an array being fired. And for all intents and purposes, for all we know, for all they know, they're the only species that can do that. So you come to find out at the very end of the game in the legendary ending of the game that um, the whole point of the containment facilities on Zeta, they wanted to hide. They wanted to contain the endless and hide them and basically made it so they could never be found because 
if they were to be found and they were to be released, very uh, supposedly very, very bad things would happen. So they're hidden there. And in that legendary ending, you have a couple deeper pieces of lore in there too. The first of which is the very last line that is said, I believe is, um, uh, offensive bias has been activated or has been released or something like that. And Justin knows a lot more about offensive bias, um, in the deeper lore side of things. But let's just say that Justin, correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm going to, I'm going to do this so much injustice, but just bear with me. If master chief existed so far long ago with the forerunners and the Prometheans and everything like that, right? Offensive bias is like that, but way more powerful. You're saying like it's more powerful than chief way more, like way more offensive bias is like the killer to end all killers. Basically. Am I kind of right on that? Justin, I could be very well wrong. Um, and then we also, Justin's right. You come to basically find out as well that the foreigners are not nice either because they, they want them gone. Like they're, they're not, they're not nice people. Um, but you, you, we come to learn about this character, the harbinger who is an endless. And she is basically working alongside Eshram, but clearly she has her own plan. Yeah. And that she is not telling him because she wants the endless freed as well. Because she, she knows, and she kind of hints at it too, where she knows that once the endless are released, that, the fucking Asherum and Atriox aren't going to mean shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so she's just like, yeah, I'll do whatever the fuck you want. Let's just get me to the auditorium. Get me here. We'll fucking, we'll do the thing. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be great. Even when things are going shitty, I just need to be able to do this and then everything will be fine. You won't judge me. I won't judge you. Um, but then you kill her at the very end of the game. She's the last boss fight. Um, and, so yeah, Justin, offensive bias could control galaxy-wide systems to fight the flood. Think of how powerful evil Cortana was times that by a trillion plus one. So he's a motherfucker. Um, now, the legendary ending of the game is a very flashbacked, uh, like, string of dialogue that happens. Like, it's very old. Okay? Um... So we don't know how offensive bias is going to come into this later on, but there's that. And he was created solely to fight mendicant bias. And again, mendicant bias and offensive bias are explained in the foreigner trilogy of books, which that's deep, deep, deep lore. <laughs> Halo creation. The forerunners made weapons to wipe out all sentient life forms to win their war. Never sounded like cool dudes to me anyway. Right. <laughs> right. And, the, so remember in four, how the didact says, uh, your race, the human race has not ascended enough to take the mantle. Okay. So this, this whole point is that a race is trying to be determined to take the mantle. Um, and what was it? The forerunners basically chose humans to be that, um, 
and the endless now are like, nah, fuck that. We're taking that shit. We're ascending bitches. <laughs> and we want that mantle because there's no way humans are taking that away from us. Um, and the forerunners were made, thought to themselves, we can't let them take this. Like we can't let the endless take this because they're, they're too, for all, for all we know, they're too powerful. So that's why they kind of locked them away and just shoved them aside. The ultimate definition of slavery, basically. Um, but yeah, it's all this happens. So I know I kind of went all over the place there, but will, what are your thoughts on this new, again, old, but new to us race of the endless? Yeah. Um, well, so we go from the start of the campaign. You see, when you retrieve the weapon, you see the silexes, you watch, you walk through them and that's what contains the, what the DNA, whatever it takes to, to repopulate these races. Um, you move, we move on later in the campaign. We see one of the silex is broken open. We later find out that this was the harbinger that the, I that, think they're literally stored in there. Yeah. I just think like them as the, the, the being itself is literally stored in the silex. Gotcha. So when it's broken open, they just pop out. So I think, so the harbinger comes out of the silex. Yeah. It's got like a yellow, yeah, a gold a, tint to it. Kind of showing that it's not, it, it's blue when they were floating. And then now with this one's yellow, just indicating that something's got happened to it. And also uh, just real quick, I want to say, so we don't, we don't see the flood at all in the game, but there are silexes of the flood. Yeah. So they are also contained in some capacity on that ring. Go ahead. Endless. Um, you know, I, 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 they set up kind of a, a mysterious thing of we, you know, we fought the harbinger at the end, but I feel like there's so much more to it that we just like me personally from playing the game don't know. Yep. And I'm excited to see what comes in the future from it. Um, it was, it was a decent boss fight, really good boss fight. Um, I don't know your thoughts. I love the idea of having an, a being that's more dangerous than the flood because we didn't yeah. get the flood. Sure. And this opens up another reason why I love, and I, I truly believe that the, the infinite story is the best story out of any halo title is because it has that clear cut beginning and end but it also has that little bit extra at the end to be like, Oh my God, what the fuck is about to happen mm -hmm. to carry things forward. Right. And we yeah. still don't know if the flood are coming back because they are in silexes there. They are. So they very well could, but at the very end, I didn't even say this at the very end because we said Atriax is not dead. Spoiler alert. He shows up at the end, like in that final cutscene after the credits roll, um, you see Atriox basically going into release the the endless that's what he is uh, supposedly doing right then and there um also there was a comment that was earlier on in here that said like the ost is incredible um i think halo creation i think you said that i think um OST. what is ost original soundtrack oh yeah yeah and i agree with that completely i also want to go on record and say that uh the endless theme in the soundtrack is one of is now probably my top five halo songs of all time. Just because when it comes on, you're like, 
the way that they did music in this game, especially in the story, right? Is that you feel what's going on. Yeah. And you feel the story beats as they're happening and the, the turmoil, the excitement, the joy, the sadness, all of it is conveyed so perfectly through the tracks that are played during those beats and the endless. When, when you're going into that section and the endless, the endless theme plays and it's like, okay. It's like, it's a little bit of a goosebumps moment for when that, when that takes place. And I, I love, I love that song so much. Um, absolutely love the banish theme too. They just did everything so well. They did. Uh, but no, I really love the idea of the endless because for the lore people out there who have dug in deeper, this gives them that opportunity to be like, Oh my God, they're visiting this. Yeah. And for the people who are playing the game and only play the games, another reason why I love infinite stories so much is because they introduce them perfectly. It's like, Hey, this was a thing that existed so long ago, but at the same time, we're not going to, we're not going to put so much, de- uh, uh, deposition on you to be like, Oh, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to learn about any of this. This is too much. Right. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that. So I'm really, really excited for what they're going to do. Um, Halo creation asks, what's your favorite boss fight in the campaign? I'm blanking on the name, but it's the, the, the dude with like the half energy sword, right? Oh, so the, the two technically, yeah, the, yeah, the two swords. Yeah. And you, you get locked down the Spartan killer. Yeah. You yep. get locked down in that area. Just the, the presence, the ominous vibes of that. It, it, I thought they did that really well. Oh my God. I have a quick story to share on that too. So being a dad, right? We, when you and I saw the latest James James Bond film, No Time to Die. Yeah, I told you at the end of the when we when we were done watching it. I love the movie, but I told you when we were done seeing it that I was very uneasy throughout it because a lot of the themes around that film. No spoilers, but a lot of the themes around that film are kids, okay, um, and family, like Fast and the Furious. Uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, the pilot just wants to get home to his family. Yeah, like that's all he wants to do. He wants to get home to his wife and kid. And you have that hologram, the disc in that segment. Like when you go through the, the training grounds, the, the oh, battle yeah. arenas, right? Yep. And you get into that, you get into the ship and the disc is there and the disc is there on the ground and it's just looping back and forth through it. And when I first played through the campaign, I didn't realize it was there on the ground. So I just kept going in there and going up and down the stairs and not realizing what I was supposed to do to trigger the scene. Yeah. And so I was like, this is going to sound stupid, but like I was getting emotional being in there, listening to that soundbite over and over and over again, because I'm thinking to myself, dude, if, if he's being held captive and I'm just feeling like this right now, what the fuck is going on? And then I found the disc and I'm like, Oh my God, it's like, it was, it was so perfectly done in terms of like a, an immersive standpoint. Yeah. And yeah. And then you fight him, and he has that just grueling tone to his voice. And his whole purpose is to fucking just annihilate you. Like he's done to other Spartans on the ring. And you, when you collect your, when you collect your armor abilities, 
And yeah, it's, it, it was a really, that was a really powerful, powerful moment in that game. Yep. Didn't tear up or anything, but just very powerful. Um, but yeah, I, it's probably my favorite boss fight though. This is going to be a cop-out answer, but I think my favorite was when, um, you know, the, the laser drill. Yeah. The, the fucking, the chieftain with the hammer that comes in yep. when you deactivate it because it took me by surprise. I just wasn't expecting it to happen. And he just fucking charges the shit at you. And I'm like, Oh my God, fighting that fucker on legendary is the funniest thing ever because you're just trying to grapple the fuck away from him. Oh, that's, that's a good one though. I liked that one. Um, there is videos of people who gather all the fusion coils up there. Oh, and just kill him immediately. Yeah. So you can gather the fusion coils in one spot. Oh my God. And then he, he throws you back. And you just like back into a corner, wait for him to run at you, and then destroy the fusion coils. That's funny. And he just goes. It's hilarious. Physics of that game are really good too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the other one I wanted to say was, uh, oh, what the fuck was it? Well, now I just forgot. So never mind. Doesn't matter. Um. Oh, that that upgraded Sentinel beam, the arcane Sentinel beam. Yeah. So Justin says, I ruined those twins, just got in a chopper and splattered those bitches. What I did was, uh, if you have the arcane sentinel beam, the, the, the quickness that it shreds through vehicles, I literally like, it took less than two seconds for the, one of the, one of the brute brothers, um, in the chopper. I just lasered him for, like I said, less than two seconds. He died immediately because the chopper blew up. (laughs) It was that quick. Wow. And that was on legendary. So like, yeah, wow indeed. Arcane um, Sentinel Beam. Arcane Sentinel Beam. That gun's fucking stupid in the best way possible. People also said if you want to just blow through areas, uh, get a razor back with and give the Arcane Sentinel Beam to all the Marines. Oh, because just, you can once you once you unlock it from killing the high value target, it's you can just respawn at FOBs. Yep. So you yeah. you 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 grab it yourself and then oh you you trade weapons with a marine and then they have that weapon oh, and it's unlimited ammo too and so yeah with them, the, the marines have unlimited ammo yeah, so you just load say. them up in your a razorback and you just drive and they just laser literally laser everything god that's so cool that's so cool and to think we might we almost didn't have marines that came with you yeah almost crazy um do you have any criticisms For the campaign. I have a few. Mm. Criticisms. Criticisms. The, I forget what they're called already. The pyres. The, uh, or spires. The, the, the four, you have to go to four, right? Or three? Four. Four the, of them. And all you have to different do. Different corners of the fucking map. And you just walk in and like press a button. Yep. It, it felt you have I, to kill the enemies around it for the door to be able to be unlocked. And then, yes, you literally press a button and you leave. I felt like that could have been maybe one or two. Yep. I agree um, with that. But I did enjoy getting to see the other parts of the map while doing that. And you got to collect armor cores when you were nearby and things like that. Um, the, the AA cannons? No, no, no. Not the AA cannons in the chopper or the... Pelican down area. Literally the spires. The spires where you... The cannons were cool. You go to like the... Yeah, the cannons I really like. 
um, you go to like the big, the middle one, the middle spire, and they're like, oh, all these other ones have activated. You need to shut these ones down. And from a story standpoint, it makes sense because the Harbinger's trying to slow you down, like trying to make things more difficult for you. Yes. But from a gameplay perspective, and this is why I made it very clear that the story, I believe, is the best out of any Halo title. But some of the gameplay decisions are like, why are we doing this? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, yes. Uh, the beam emitters. Yes, that's the perfect way yep. to describe them. So, yeah, I felt like that was a little bit too much. Um, I will harp on the no replayability of missions because that's a bummer. Yep. When I'm trying to enjoy the story and didn't want to search for skulls, and now my only way to do that is to go back and play a whole other campaign Yep. that I don't really want to do at the moment. Sure. I'd rather play multiplayer with friends. Kind of bums me out a little bit. Uh, the open world. I will criticize just the fact that there could be more. Yep. But sometimes things aren't as far as they seem. Like you can cover... 400 meters pretty damn quickly yes. in that game. The the world is not as large as it appears to be. Um, So, yeah. I think that's maybe it. Okay. And then there's just like... there. I know there's things hidden uh, throughout the campaign or throughout the world, like the giant sandwich or the Xbox room or things like that. Um. I wish there was just a little more of that. Cause I, I climbed to so many mountaintops like hoping like, Oh, what's going to be on this one? And there's just nothing. Yep. I, I did a lot of exploration that was like, Oh, there could have been like a lot of cool stuff down here and it just wasn't there. The world is very bare. And that could increase with time because they got out only one third of a game. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly. So, um, but I will commend that, in a COVID world where people were working from home, oh, yeah. not being able to be at the studio, having to put all this together without being in person, or you know what I mean? Like it really is an accomplishment to have this level of a game with what happened, in my opinion. So I guess that's where I'm at. Okay. What, what anything else? The Spires mission sucked. Um, just because it was way too much, way too often. Boss fights, I think, were cool overall, although I do have one criticism about them. Uh, and it's not that big of a deal in con- like in hindsight, obviously, because it was only twice. But the fact that you f- you f- you fight the monitor twice in the Sentinel suit. Yeah. Uh, just because you have to do it twice. Do you think it would have been different if the, like the Sentinel, the Sentinel suit, in my opinion, should have been different. Like you came, if you, if you wanted to reintroduce them again, yeah, if you had different mechanics, bring in the same mechanics. Exactly. I would have liked it if there was different mechanics. Literally the only difference was and the weapon even said it is that he brought friends and that Sentinels were there to fight alongside him the second time. Yeah. Um, yes. Creation agreed. Loved it the first time. But then when he was reintroduced, I'm like, didn't we fucking already kill you? That's why I was I was upset because it, it, again, in hindsight, it's not that big of a deal, but it really just gave me that flashback to Halo 5 
yeah. and Warden Eternal, where I know we don't fight them five times, but I just thought to myself, I thought we got past this moment. Why are we doing this again? And then the Spire thing, again, from a story standpoint, I understand, but from a gameplay perspective, it gave me that that massive Halo CE, I think, like I, I think I was telling you, Will, I think it's the Two Betrayals mission. I think that's what it's called. When you go from, like, one side of the map to the other side of the map to go to these spires that you have to step into for your shields to discharge or whatever. Right. And again, CE had a lot of these moments where these levels are way too fucking big for what you're just trying to do. Um, a lot of people liked that though. They liked that open big. Sure. But there wasn't anything going on. It was, it's, it just felt too open. And that's that's my problem with the world in Infinite as well, is that it's it's not big, but it's too open with not a lot to do. Like you have your FOBs to capture, sure. You have your your keeps to capture. H-E-Ks. Okay. Yeah. And then you have your high value yeah, your high value targets. It's and those were kind of cool in a way the high value targets because each of them, while well, a lot of them were just complete and total pushovers, uh, they were cool to be like, Hey, these have a little bit of storyline to them, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you get really cool weapon variants because of it, which is neat. And they're unlocked all your FOBs at that point, which is cool too. Um, but yeah, that's what I'd say there. The, the world I wish was a little more populated. Um, it, I also didn't like how, um, I didn't like, there was no additional biomes like whatsoever. You could argue that your little swampy looking spot, but it was all like forest area. Now this is where like that DLC comes into play, right? Because at the very end of the game, um, when you teleport out, it's days in advance, which they're a little confused about but you are in a desert portion of the ring. So if the story continues from there, then yes, we would have different biomes, which is what I want because everything felt too samey. And I'm not a big fan of snow levels and shit, but there was no snow anywhere besides off in the distance. You could see, which is funny um, on one of the edges of the ring. If you just looked out across, you would see snow on that, on that other portion of the ring. And it's like, well shit, if I could just go there. Um, but that's that. Uh, what else though? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, those are kind of my biggest things is that I felt like the open world didn't really need to be there other than a point of let's just make this a halo game where it's more open. That's really all it felt like to me. I I mean, the open world did have story elements with the audio logs which I, I enjoyed getting the story. Like it gave you more backstory of what happened before chief got there. That's a positive. I should state is that, uh, the audio logs are, I, in my opinion, the best out of any game. And this is, I may be, I may sound biased because it's halo, but the amount of context that they provided. And if you go back and you listen to the, uh, there's specific ones for the main story missions mm-hmm. and there's like five or six of them but it's Halsey talking about creating the weapon. Yeah. And if you go back and you listen to all of them, you're like, holy shit, this is so, this is just so cool. And then the forerunner ring ones. 
Those are really good too. Good. The audio logs are really good. Really good. Um, but yeah, I think the, the open world kind of is, is cool in a sense that it provides you more ways you can utilize the sandbox. Um, something we never mentioned. No repulsor. Yeah. In the campaign at all. I was a little confused by that. Yep. Because it's in multiplayer. Yes. Do we think this is DLC down the line that I, maybe he finds a core for repulsor? Another and Spartan. Added? I don't know because I, in my, in my opinion, they could have removed the shield core. The drop wall? No, like literally the shield core. Oh, sure. And uh, to upgrade your shields. They could have gotten rid of that and put Repulsor in instead and do something kind of cool with that. But, uh, yeah, literally no Repulsor in in campaign, which is weird. Um, it, it, honestly, with the way the Brutes charge, yeah, it would have made a lot of sense. Get your, get them away. Get yourself away. Get yep. yourself to elevated an area when they're swinging. It could have created some really cool gameplay moments. Imagine using that on Hunters. Oh, you know, if it would have worked on hunters? Well, if you could have just like repulsed you as they're charging you, repulsed up in and the melee air. melee them in the back. Flip and melee them as you come down. It'd be sick. It'd be fun. It would be sick. Um, Eric says, agreed. There could have been more intent or purpose for the space they give rather than just here you go type space. Yep, that's my problem. Justin says, Shadows of Reach, uh, read it to get more the weapon context. That is the one that just came out, I think. Recently came out, I mean. Justin says, it's hard enough to navigate using the equipment. What do you mean? I I will say another detriment, and this is what I talked about in the flight, remember, with the key binds, is mm. that the amount of button presses you have to make to switch different types of grenades and equipment is fucking stupid. So You have to memorize where they are. Yeah, I honestly would hit <sighs> left, left on my D-pad, which would bring up uh, stickies, right? Plasma nades. I think that was frag. Was that? No. I'm pretty That's sure. Right. I'm pretty sure right. double tap right is grapple shot. Double tap left is frag. Well, then I would bring up whatever that was, okay. throw those and just keep chucking. Like I did not oh, care what I had. Sure. If in like the D pad bullshit. So hard to do on the fly. Yep. It's yep. bad. In, in battle. It's yep. real bad. Real bad. That's a bummer. Yup. It's real bad. Um, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just not. Play the game on legendary, Will. It's bad. When you're trying to figure something out on the fly, it's fucking bad. <laughs> Don't need two key presses to do the same thing. So, sure. So if they were going for that minimalistic menu thing, do you yeah. think you hit the left button to bring up the menu and then just hitting left on the D-pad would just cycle? That's all. It, you that don't even need to have a, an additional menu pop up. Like it could literally just be the four show. Every time yeah. you hit the D pad in the left it motion, it just switches to the next one in the list. You always see which one's highlighted. You always know which one you have and you always know when you press the button, what it's going to go to next. Well, that's the thing. They wanted that minimalistic. They didn't want it in the corner. So sure. if it's in that menu, do you just see which one you have and you hit left and then, you know, okay, once I'm at Gr frags, Left is sticky nades, and left from there is um, the brute one. I forget what they're called. Called and then left the spike of, grenade. Left of that, what, what I'd be fine one? with Dynamo. anything better than what they have right now. Anything better? 
Justin says grapple shot 100% of the time, never dropped a drop wall. I did 50 times to get the achievement. Yeah, same. But yes, I never dropped the drop wall anytime after that. Yeah, I did I did what exactly you told me. I put the drop wall on, I ran around, and anytime it was up, I just dropped one. Yep. Just to get the freaking achievement. Yep. And then as soon as it was done, it was done. The that, only one I have left is the lasso achievement. That's it. Last achievement I need. Yeah, I won't probably be doing that. Because like the, one of them is no HUD. Yeah. Now, if you play on a monitor though, and you have oh, like you can put a the, software for put I, a crosshair on there, mm. you could do that. It's not cheating. It's just built into the monitor itself. It is. Or you could literally like take a piece of tape and just put a dot on it and then yeah. put it in the center of your monitor and you're good to go. <laughs> Oi. But yeah, there's there's always that option. And I have a feeling that lasso in this game is going to be now. Granted, if you do the tank the tank gun glitch, oh yeah, from the first, it makes I've heard that it makes things significantly easier. Uh, and then the other thing is is that you could do, um, like it ha- you have the the bandana skull on, so you have infinite ammo, infinite grenades, and infinite equipment on no cooldown. So yeah. like. What I did during Legendary, because I had the bandana skull on, and I used the Arcane Sentinel beam, so duh. Um, but all I did was, if if I was in a pickle, I'd just have dynamo nades on, and I'd just start throwing. Because weapons would be stalled and whatnot, yeah. and I'd just, I'd just chuck them, I'd just peek out, take shots if I need to, and that's that. The snipers are a motherfucker. They yeah, are really a motherfucker. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like they lock on immediately and they shoot so fast. Like it's <laughs> now it's bad. You you don't have time to turn around. But no, it's fine. Um, you know I really, really, really loved my time with it. Yeah. And all I want to do, I I I talk like all I want to do is just play more of it and I wish there was more of it and I wish there was more things to get from it because for those who don't know there are armor lockers as collectibles in the campaign but none of them are armor pieces or anything like that yeah for yep so I'm hoping that's something they take feedback on and change for the future yes (laughs) In a nice way to say it. Post launch. Post launch. <laughs> uh but no, there's they if there's one thing I want to say about Infinite as a whole, and from from recent interviews, it makes it I understand why. But Halo Infinite for me right now, and I'm not trying to sound like a negative Nancy or anything like that, but this is seriously how I feel. Halo Infinite to me right now feels like a game that wants me not to play it. Like I am having hard times like wanting to play the game. The only thing that I get out of multiplayer is becoming a better player, which is not a bad thing by any means, but there's nothing else to get. There's like all the, all the rewards for the capstone challenge have been mediocre at best, depending on what you like. There's nothing in the campaign to get. Like, realistically speaking. Well, I will say, with you kind of sp- sped run the campaign with your first 100% playthrough, right? You were you were just all about getting everything right away, moving on. Well, it's not speed running. I well, literally did everything. 
I sped right. run my second time. And then my legendary playthrough, I took my time again. Well, you said you did say you used videos to find some things, right? Like, yeah, that like that, like after the game had been like after I had already done every like done everything. Uh, so the stuff that I can miss in the missions. Yeah, I, I found right. Like I did myself the first couple missions, but then towards the end of the game, the Sentinel one, I didn't want to miss. Yeah. So I did look that up, but no, it was like propaganda towers. Sure. So, and I feel like that maybe that's something that is supposed to, they, in their mind was supposed to take a long time to find, to kind of go sure. and do that. Sure. Which maybe that would keep you coming back. Um, but, but they don't give you anything. That's true. That's, that's well, my point. They don't valor. give you anything. Yeah. 10 valor. And good voice lines. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, that once you finish the campaign, there's nothing that makes you want to, go back and play it other than like some sort of achievements or anything like that. Right. And uh, that kind of brings like the co-op aspect into it too. Like the fact that it's not there where this would be a thing where I'd love to jump in and do wacky shit with friends, but you just, you can't right now. So that's, that was one of the things that irked me. But then the whole, I'm hearing about like the basic lack of basically the lack of anti-cheat that's present. So a lot of, a lot of cheaters running rampant, the BTB issues that are still plaguing the game. They can't get into a BTB match. Yep. And like, and they're on vacation right now and deservedly. So they've had their at, they've been working their asses off. It's understandable, but I'm just really, it, like I said, the game is really making it difficult for me to want to play it more. No. Um, Sure. Like I, uh, here's, again, I'm not trying to sound negative because I sell it to you all the time. I love the core gameplay of what the game has to offer, right? I love the story of what the campaign has to offer. I love a lot of aspects of this title. It's just, with, with Reach, as much as I despise the multiplayer in that game, the core multiplayer in that game because of the armor abilities and whatnot. There was always a sense of progression, right? When I'm playing uh, Halo 3, Halo 5, there was always a sense of progression with your Spartan rank, right? There was always that. In Destiny, there's always something that you're working towards, a better role, a different piece, whatever it may be. And with infinite, the campaign, I've exhausted it, which is fine. That's, that is a separate piece. I've done everything there. I have my lasso run to do. I wish co-op was there, but that's it. That's there. Okay. But the multiplayer, the past was mediocre and things will get better. Things will get better. I know they will. The map selection is relatively poor. The mode selection, while it has gotten better, there is things that still need to be there. There's no overall rating for you, right? There's no overall, there's no commendations to work towards. There's no, the only path to progression that I have, me personally right now, is getting a better rank, which again, like I said, is overall fine. I just wish there was more to entice me to play more. Something I was thinking about and would be really cool to see in multiplayer mm -hmm. 
would be things like Triumphs from Destiny. Mm. Win 50 Capture the Flag matches. Win 100 Capture the Flag matches. You maybe get an emblem, armor color, whatever it may be. Let me tell you about the Capstone Challenge hey, as well. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? You know what I mean, yeah. right? Earn your 10th overkill, whatever it may be. And I know those are hard to come by at times. They are. You get an overkill, all of a sudden you get this reward. Or you get your 100th overkill. You show that you played that much. And moments of triumph are literally going on right now in Destiny. Yeah. As, as you say this. Are they? Like, yes, I've, I've, yeah. I've completely fallen off Destiny we'll talk recently. About, we'll talk about Will's that, adventures later. But well, no, like that's, that's, that's 100% right. Yeah. Things like that. Things that make you want to keep progressing further. Testing new things out. Not forcing you to play with the bulldog. Not forcing you to pick up the sniper or pick up the needler, but enticing you yeah, to use them, enticing you to play more of an objective style game, whatever right. it may be. And with, with infinite being a 10 year game, say you wanted the 50 bulldog kill accommodation. You're going to get it. If you keep playing over the, this, the 10 years of this game, right? Just, or, or even if they did a year long, right? Whatever yeah. that time frame may be, whatever they do, just giving you other ways to engage with the title. Yeah. And that's, I think, looking back at all the criticism before the game even came out, right? All these people being like, it doesn't fucking have this. game's going to be shit, you know? Right. Looking back on all that, I people went about it the wrong way. Don't get me wrong. But just like there, some of the statements where, why don't we have an all-encompassing Spartan rank? Why don't we have commendations to work towards? So, yeah. Why don't we have this clan functionality? Yeah, or Spartan Company, but the, yeah. And you think about the, uh, like, the start of the Spartan multiplayer. Even the training mode is you going to like Spartan Academy, right, and learning. Yes. Why isn't there anything that goes along with that militaristic style where your Spartan is growing, getting ranks, moving its way up, getting accommodations of things you've done in these training grounds so you can go fight in the real, yes. like in, like something along those lines. Bring story into multiplayer and not a shove it down your throat way, but a, a way to just make your Spartan feel more well-rounded, right? Like Yes. That. Make you feel like you're part of something. Yeah. And that you've, you've accomplished something. And that you're, again, continually working towards something. And, and creation says, for, uh, to me it feels like a very, very solid foundation, but it's lacking the actual building on top of it yet. So I'm hopeful, but still. That's the thing is that we've said it and I've said it countless times. The core feels so good. It's yeah. just everything else around it just feels not substantial enough. I am hoping that we, cause when I, I it's tough that I keep relating it to destiny cause they're not the same game, but destiny two didn't have a great launch. no, no. And they really turned it around. Yes. They started making the right improvements, the right moves. And you, you're right. The, the, we, we talked about how the gunplay felt great in Destiny 2. You know, the whole, everything so felt good. great. So maybe this is, we do have a good foundation and things we've built upon and improved as time goes. Criticisms are some, from the, criticisms are fair. Some people go in too hard. Oh, Absolutely. The game isn't absolutely garbage if no. it doesn't have this one specific thing that you really wanted. Like I a get, battle royale? Yeah. I get it that people want what they want, but 
to say the whole game's bad. No, sorry. It does really have a solid foundation. The, 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 the thing I, the problem I see now is that it had the hype behind it. And now that it's showing that it's lacking, that hype's going to die out. And it's, it's sad because it does have a good foundation that could bring in a lot of eyes, a lot of views, a lot of people into Halo. And hopefully they can, they can do things to, to keep that going. And I really want to keep, want it to keep going because more people in Halo better, yes. better. Um, but right. Foundation. Foundation is solid. Just like Destiny 2. Foundation was solid. They made improvements. That's where I'm hoping we go. Absolutely. Uh, a couple more things I want to say about the campaign specifically because I forgot to say this. So there's a statement during the Foundation mission, talk about Foundation, hey. uh, where Halsey stated that Cortana would sacrifice herself for the means of completing the mission. And that was hinted at so many times throughout the course of the campaign that, and I like Natana was sitting next to me one night and as I was replaying it on legendary and I'm like, that's foreshadowing yeah. right there yep. <laughs> because that's literally what happened. She sacrifices herself for the mission. Um, and then also was it ever explained? And if Justin, you're still here, please chime in or anybody chime in. If anybody knows what was Eshram's sickness? Yeah. We never got that. Yeah. Like what was that? And it made me feel like it like, came out of nowhere. It made me feel like I'm not fighting him at his best either, which sure. didn't feel as like rewarding. Yeah. It, it was, it was weird. Like what he smoked too he much. Smoked too much. <laughs> no, seriously. Like what it was never, I don't remember it ever being mentioned. What if it was from releasing an end, the endless? What if he released the harbinger? Maybe he's like breathing in flood spores. Ooh. What if his dead body comes back as a flood? Holy Just COVID. A, oh my no, God. No. Fuck you. Oh man. Wow. Anyway. But no, I really want to know like what the fuck was his deal? Uh, I, I hope that gets explained. Yeah. And he, maybe, maybe we will see other things happen in the future that will explain it in the, yeah. in the more, the more we get. Because it couldn't, it couldn't have been like, it wasn't until like what midway through the game until he actually started coughing. And, and like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I really, I really enjoyed that detail though. The whole, uh, theatricality of what he had been doing, uh, made sense from that point. Yeah. Yeah. Re really good characters all throughout. I'm not sure. I'm assuming the banished don't have great radiation protection. Oh, that could be. It's just weird. And the fact that he was the only one. Yeah. Like all of his, like the, the brute brothers, um, or none of them else were experiencing this as long as I, as, as much as I know, I thought it was only him. All the fuck was going on. Uh, the only thing I can think of it relating to was he's the only one who kind of, he was by Ash or Atriox's side, right? He was yeah, the next he was guy. His right hand man. Yeah. So what we found out Atriox is doing some shit in the end. Maybe he was there and sacrificed his health to further Atriox's vision. Maybe that's all. That's the only thing I can think of. Maybe. Um, he's old. So old people sickness. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sure. No, I really want to know what was going on with him, though, if we ever figure that out. But uh, Endless setting up for the next type of big baddie sounds cool. I'm all in. I'm ready. BBEG. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, just the, the thing that I loved the most, probably, about the world aspect was 
just the, oh, what the fuck the word I'm looking for? Um, oh my God. What the fuck am I trying to, are you talking about like the open world or the feel of the world? Like I, the I feel of the world, the feel of Zeta halo itself. Wondrous. Yeah. And like, I'm always wondering secretive. What's, what's I'm wondering what's going on. Wondrous. Yeah. Secretive. Yes. Um, Just those types of words. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, it's that type of experience where you don't know everything that's going on there where every other halo ring that you're on and the other games are like, well, I'm here to blow this fucker up. But even from the very beginning of the game and chief even recognizes it as something else is going on here. This one's different. And just all the secrets that it has and the ambiance of that ring is just, I'm very, very excited for the future. If they just keep this train rolling, I'm really excited for what the future holds for it. Um, yeah, that's what I'll say. Anything else you want to add? Can't wait for more. Agreed. I'll leave it at that. Agreed. Um, to close out this segment, I just want to say there's some Halo Infinite campaign community creations videos. Again, massive spoilers as well. I included Halo the Endless, a new Halo game and DLC name registered by 343 Industries. This is by Ultimate Halo. So yes, they registered the trademark. Um, the entire Halo Infinite story explained by Hidden Xperia. The ultimate guide to Halo Infinite Legendary, in case you wanted to do that and not use the bandana skull that I use. <laughs> uh, that's my hidden experience as well. Halo Infinite Legendary Ending Explained, Harbinger Origins, Precursors, DLC 1, Theories, and more. That's my hidden experience, of course. And then a giant sandwich Easter egg by uh, Garbit. Or, yeah. I should have found the... There's like... There's a ton of them. Yeah, there's a ton of like yep. little rooms that are Easter eggs. There are a ton of them. So... Yeah, go check those out. Will, that's it for the topics. Ooh. Let's get into some regular news. Just kidding, because with the holidays taking place, there's nothing to report at this time. So we'll wait. We'll okay. have to wait and see um, for this week here to see what, uh, what more information comes out for what updates they're going to be making. Hopefully they do something about anti-cheat, because right now, like I said, it sounds as though things are just not... Correct. I want somebody to correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I really want somebody to correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't help but feel as of right now, there is no anti-cheat at all. And the only thing that 343 are doing is as they're being reported, not in game, but as they're being reported on the Halo support site, they're taken on a case-by-case -case basis. I can't help but feel that there's not an anti-cheat in the game right now. I don't know. And I'd love to be wrong. I would too. But it's just I, everything points to it not being there. Halo Creation says there are some things to try to prevent cheating, like anti-screening stuff and so on. It's just not efficient. Apparently. Okay. But again, Oh man, it doesn't feel like just a true anti-cheat at all. I don't know. It was said that they're starting at a point. They're continuously 
evaluating anti-cheat and looking to improve. And that statement, that statement when we read that, that was the first red flag to me. That was like, that's when the first thought in the back of my head came where, do we not actually have one right now? And they're just saying that we're working on it because I, I, uh, I don't know. I, it feels really weird. It just feels really weird to me. And something that has been brought to light and something that I question too is the Kronos modules for controllers. It, Oh yeah. You can, you can program extra aim assist, uh, bullet magnetism you can do whatever with those and it doesn't trip it doesn't trip any sort of anti-cheat because it's from the controller not uh, a system not a like program on on the console or computer it's something the controller plugs into and then plugs into the the system and it's never going to be found and so i wonder i wonder if a kernel based would find that because it's on your computer itself now, I don't know how deep those scan sure. your system, but I'm wondering if if it would find that information based off a USB device that was plugged in. Like, I don't Yeah, I but don't the know. consoles are never going to find that. Right. Right. The consoles are like a, hey, let's report this person and just wait for 343 or whatever company yeah. to drop the band hammer on. Yeah, them. review. Yep. Manual review or whatever. And, but that brings it to another problem where, again, as of right now, there is no option to report in-game. No, if if you do, it brings you to the Halo Waypoint site and got to type in all this information. Right. It's not efficient. And if I'm, uh, yeah, if I'm just a normal player, I don't want to go through all those steps. Yep. Especially, yeah, I've had, I was playing with my buddy Joe and he's like, this dude is actually really fishy. I want to report him and he clicked the button and it brought up the Halo Waypoint site. And he's like, no, I'm not going through all this. I just want to play. Right. Like, we'll just make it through this fucking game and keep playing. Right. And then when you get to the end of the game, are you going to go back and try to find that player again and then go through the step process? You're going to try to get into another game. Yeah. That's it. It's so it's such a, again, hopefully these things are going to be ironed out in time. It's just really sad, unfortunate and weird that these things aren't there at launch. Um. Yeah, Halo creation. Like in in a game, you see a cheater, get a report button, and on, oh, the, the uh, and on there, and it matches the game, so they can quickly process and or manually review the report. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it should be. Reporting is the very first thing they need to tackle. I agree. I, I would agree. Agree. It's it, it, it blows just, my it, mind that it's not in the game. It gives the player that feeling that okay, I'm. I'm actually doing something and they're doing something right. because I can report this to them. Right. It, it could even like, it could be as, as quote unquote, simple armchair developer over here. Like yeah. it could be you, you press the report button and yes, it saves that game, but it also potentially saves a clip that is showing off what it is like the person dying right to the supposed cheater or whatever it is to get just that more further evidence necessary instead of having, instead of having the player, have to save a clip or a screenshot or whatever as an additional step to reporting that uh, report. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just so weird, man. And Eric joking, yes, cheating is new and we're learning about it. It's it's just, I don't... You were owned by a multi-billion dollar company 
It's that yeah. that literally created Windows, and this it's just these little things, and they're not even little. Like these are things that I feel like should have been there from the get go. Especially Annie cheat is just it just feels weird. It feels to me like it's not there. Um, but yeah, there's no actual news right now, so that's no it news. for the regular news. All right, let's. Press that button. It's time for Con of the Games Watch! CDL's in a rough spot. This is by Charlie Intel and Optic Hex. Big Optic Hex. Uh, in a new episode of the Optic Podcast, Hex says he was told years ago when the CDL first launched that there would be better competitive support and league play in games. Well, he was fucking lied to. So, and he, uh, the clip that's included in that tweet is Hex uh, going on a little bit of a rant towards the devs to be like, this isn't fucking happening. And it, they're literally, it's like they're being made a mockery of right now. So yeah. and a lot of pros are complaining that the game is built. And then that ranked mode comes in later to try to re-engage players when realistically it should be there from the start. Yep. Um, while we're on COD and other games, watch. Sure. I just want to retract the statement I had made earlier in previous shows. Okay. Especially since we just talked about optic. I mentioned this. Oh God, here so, we go. Okay. So I had said, I will not be an optic fan, right? Like I just, I, it, it stemmed from me not liking the on top optic squad. When I came into esports, watching halo and I always rooted for people to take down the top dogs. Cause I wanted like that competition, that like fierce competition of these guys are going to be the ones to take down these, these, this God squad. So we, we while we were in Raleigh, we talked to the optic guys. we, Hell, we talked to Hex. It was a really cool experience. Yes. I'll never forget it. Um, so when we came back, I was like, damn it. I'm, I liked, I've always liked this, this team that is now Optic because they bought Envy. I'll check out some Optic content with these guys. Watch some videos. I'm like, damn it. I'm really liking Hex like in what he's doing and what he's always done. What he, yeah, th that's just it. He's doing what every esports org should be, promoting, streaming, just the, the content around his esports, his culture, all that. I loved it. So I'm retracting my statement that I'll never be an optics fan. And I am, I am good with optic. Now he's the biggest optic fanboy that there is. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to just be drenched optic clothes all the time. Not green no. wall, baby. Green wall, woo! Beth, we got another <laughs> one, but no, I just, uh, I just didn't realize what was going on until I realized what was going on. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. And that's, you, you don't know until you know. Yeah. Now, you know. So now I'm just not a Sentinels fan. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Eric says, uh, rocket leagues reporting did nothing in the early years, but it was damn easy to file a report within a match from day one. That's, it should be easy. It should. Yeah. Is that it for uh, that's all I had? Another game. That's watch? all I had. All right, thanks, Optic fanboy. Woo! Uh, it's time for Will's Adventures with Halovers, and this time another game too. Yeah, Will, what'd you play last week? Played Halo Infinite. Oh my God! Been working on the winter contingency uh, thing, getting those yes. Uh, rewards. Yes, same. Um, I did miss one day, and I will have to play a game. After, After the, the 30th. show tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, as well. So I got to go home and hop on a game and maybe just. Uh, you can play a bot match. It works. I'll just. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. I won't have to try then. 
And then um, I did complete the capstone. As much as I hated the reward, there I uh, you got so, your weapon emblem. So I I I will say I finished my Christmas Day responsibilities. Okay. And the wife wanted to go back to her parents' house. I'm like, I'm tired. If I go back there, I'm just gonna fall asleep in the couch, right? Sure. So I'm gonna stay home. Okay. And I hopped on Halo, and like no one else is on Halo because it's Christmas Day. Yeah. None of my friends were on. I completely understand. So I was like, you know what? I might as well have something to work towards while I'm playing. Okay. I didn't want to go into competitive solo because sometimes that just feels like ass. That's a shit show waiting um, to happen. So I was like, you know what? There's these other playlists now. I'll just do these damn challenges. So I have, feel like I'm accomplishing something while I'm playing. I'm not, and I, and I, I felt like I was, I honestly didn't want to take a nap at home. I wanted to be doing something. So I played, I finished my capstone for the stupid weapon emblem, which I hate that it's separate. If you're going to have that reward, you should have got the nameplate, the weapon emblem, the vehicle. Um, I just feel like it's such a, personally, I feel like it's a cop out to have these repeated. But I get it. Content. Weekly. That's a lot of weekly content they have to push out. But mm -hmm. do you still wish it was better for how much grind you have to do to get it? Agreed. Um, and then I also reached level 100 in the battle pass finally. Congrats. Um, I was using a lot of my double XP at the start of my day. So I'm getting 600 XP per match and then 400 for the next one. So boom, one level right there. Mm -hmm. And then if I completed any weeklies within that hour, which I usually would do a couple, hey, Huge amounts Just of XP. More. So the changes to um, the XP when using double XP felt really good to me. I'm still not a huge fan of the XP grind, but um, the fact that this battle pass goes to May. Yes. And I finished it in under a month. Makes me feel good a little bit with the amount I've been playing. So when three, the three or four month battle passes come out in the future, I almost feel like I don't need to buy the extended one if it stays the way it is. Sure. I could probably finish that in a month and a half to two months. With the with, amount with, that you're currently With the playing. amount we're currently applying and getting. Now double XP might run out. Hopefully there's more promotions in the future to get those double XP tokens because we already know that... And challenge swaps. Feedback has been provided that... We don't want as many in the battle pass itself. We want more cosmetics. Right. Want more things to actually get. Hopefully there's still another way to earn those versus spending $2 in the shop to get two challenge swaps and two XP boosts. Right. Because there should be a way to earn them without having to just buy them. Agreed. Um, I also played Escape from Tarkov. Nice. One session yesterday with my buddy Joe. There was a new wipe a little bit ago. I'd say maybe a couple weeks. Okay. And a buddy from his work got him back into it. So he got you back into it. Cause yeah, I was there, the previous wipe. I didn't play at all. I okay. just said, nah, I'm, I'm just done. I'm taking a break because it is a stressful, it got stressful. It got too heated at times. Oh yeah. And I just like, nah, I'm, I'm taking a break from this game. But my buddy was like, Hey, you know, I've been playing cause another thing, like I hate playing the game solo. And a lot of the people I played with would only get on for a couple raids, right? And it's not really like you don't you can't accomplish much in just one or two raids. But um, taking that taking it with a new perspective, I have no gear fear anymore, 
Like, if I die, I just, like, I know I'm not great at the game. If I die, I die. Whatever. Load up. Do the next one. See if we can get something accomplished. Okay. Um, before, like, I would, like, get pissed. I'd freak out. Like, I lost my shit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't play the game nearly as much anymore either, so. Right. And that's, yeah. the, like, we honestly did a great job getting tasks done and leveling up. Like, I went from brand new on this wipe to level six in one session. And... My buddy Joe was like a level nine. So he played a little more than I did. And my first raid, I got two PMC kills right off the bat. Nice. And then we got collapsed on hard by two different squads and we died. But I was like, two KD to start You were the third party. We got third party. We got third party because we had a fight in the, like, uh, we were on no. the map customs at a gas station, took out. Um, sadly, there was two people that rushed in. Um, I took out one, Joe got killed. I took out the other one cause he was hiding in a bush, which happened. I get fucking like, bush monsters, well, he, dude. Yeah. That's another anyway. And then, um, so yeah, it was, it was just a good session. It's good having the perspective of not really caring about dying or caring about my KD and just trying to do fun stuff. Like I brought in a sniper to a map with like a 24 time scope. Oh God. It was the worst thing because like you're going to be able to hit a shot. You're so zoomed in that like, you zoomed on that scope. You're like, where the fuck am I looking? And you try to move around. It's right. just like you have to, fat you have to, pixels. And you have to factor into consideration bullet drop. Yep. And in that game. Yep. Holy moly. It was, it was tough. So I, I literally, uh, I was getting hunted down because uh, a, a team sniped Joe. Oh, and they hit him. He died. And I'm like, okay, let me try to get in position to snipe them back. They found me. As I was in a bush trying to snipe them, I got hit a couple times and I dipped. I just dropped that gun in a, a, a bush and just took out, took my other gun, sure. which was a, a full auto weapon. Okay. I'm like, screw that sniper. <laughs> I'll get it back in insurance because you can do that. You can pay insurance to get oh, your gear back. If why the fuck would you want that gun back? I'll take the scope on it. Oh, okay. A, you can just take that of off. I'll take it off and put a smaller scope. Okay, good. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so like just playing like it'll be fun to snipe. Let's see what this gun does. Nope. And like just having to book it. And that's another thing too. Just, I don't care if I'm being a bitch at this point, I'm just running from fights. I'll just, I'll just live. You're having fun the way you want to. Yeah. Which that's is good. I'm not trying to be super chatted, do the best things, be the best. I'm just trying to experience things. And we, we seem to be doing better than we did in past wipes too, by playing differently. And then there is a Christmas event going on. Santa's in the game. Uh, if you does, he bring toys for all the good so, girls and boys. So he there's like on maps there's a giant Christmas tree. Okay, and there's little like presents around, and like loot will spawn around it. Oh, um, if you're a PMC, Santa will try to kill you, but if you kill Santa, it's not a good thing. Like you're not supposed to kill Santa. Same thing with if you're a scav. He, Santa will try to kill you. Santa's not nice. You just don't piss him off. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, he he actually has like a white beard on that you could take if you kill him. He has a red backpack, bright red giant backpack. That's really cool. Okay. Um, That's cool. That you can take too. But uh, yeah, if you're a scav and you kill Santa, it's he, big negative scav karma. So they added scav karma to the game, which are which is like if you have bad scav karma, all of a sudden you're, it costs your PMC more money to take the money extracts. Your scav timer goes up. So you can't scav every 20 minutes. Now you have to scav every 30 minutes. So they implemented a don't be a shitter rule. Basically. <laughs> it's funny. Because 
I would yell about it so much. Like we're all like, if a scav killed me, it's like, I would just yell, stop scav on scav violence because you're all just there trying to pick up the scraps and get out yeah. like as a scav. And people, I, if you work together at scat with as scavs, it's just so much better. They also added VoIP, which is funny as hell. Sure. I bet it is. Um, there's just been a lot of like, there was a, uh, yesterday I was looting this body, right? And I hear someone running up and I go hide in this store. Yeah. It's in the mall map uh, interchange in the mall. Okay. I go hide in the store and he comes up and he's looting the same body and it's another scav. I'm like, are you a friendly scav from the store? And you just see him like fucking whip up and turn. I'm like, Hey, don't shoot. <laughs> oh my God. Did, was he friendly? Yeah. He's like, Hey, I'm just trying to get some loot. I'm like, yeah, me too. Don't take this Taz. Cause my buddy needs it. <laughs> Oh my God, that's awesome. And then he, he runs out and then Joey's running back up towards me to get that because he needs the weapon. Uh-oh. And Joey heard me over voice Oh, okay, chat. good. So he's like, hey, nice Taz you got there. <laughs> he's like, uh, and I hear them like talking. The guy gets all nervous and just runs out. Oh my God. It's, it's great. It created, it creates some like just funny moments like that. Uh, there's been some outplays by like uh, Joey pretending there's n- not a second player. Okay. And, uh, I can, and, and you're there. And I'm, well, it's not me. He did this with another person. I just heard the story. Oh, okay. But yeah, he, you know, he, he talks to the guy, his teammates off in the corner. The guy comes out and just gets fucking, fucking ambushed. railed. Yep. So okay. it, it can create some fun gameplay moments. That sounds cool. So Voip and Tarkov, it's, it's been a, it's been fun. It sucks for the streamers because you know, stream snipers and people oh, being shitters. People being shitters. Yep. Um, Summit had someone yesterday, which I was, it's just unfortunate because you want them to have those cool gameplay moments and then they just, someone does that and they have to turn it off. Yep. Unfortunate. Yep. People are shitters. Yep. Those are the two games I played though. What about yourself, Josh? Played Halo Infinite, completed legendary campaign playthrough. And then yes, the winter contingency event working on that. Mm -hmm. I am fully decked out in the minty green (laughs) shit. I am using, uh, the like shiny red one you get from the campaign. Okay. Yep. And then I have the fire effect on. So it just oh, adds. It looks to, good. I took off the fiery arms. Yep. And, or I don't have the fiery helmet, but okay. I like like the running fire effect and yep. the, the slide as well. So it just adds a little bit of that flair. I think people have it off in competitive because they don't want it to give away positioning, which sure. can make sense. Yeah. But I just got, you got a, you got a rocket. You got a rocket. If you got it. Yeah. I got a, I got that effect on, I got the flaming helmet and then I'm, I'm using the, the red, white, and green coating <laughs> on that, the AR. Um, I think the pistol's the next unlock for tomorrow or whatever. But then uh, I I got, I bought that red, I, I bought that Iron Man looking set from the shop. Oh, I wanted to, and I've like stopped myself. Sure. I just said it looked really cool. It does. So I wanted, so I got that. And then I think it came with that like white BR skin or something like that. Like the wintry yeah, the, VR the skin. Yeah, it's fire so ice. I'm using that one as well. Um, I did buy. Did you buy the cat ears? No. Okay. Apparently you can get them. From, someone put a, put an you article. Can't. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. It's okay. a Rick roll. Good. If you click the link, it'll bring you to buying the rock band song. Never going to give you a nice. Okay. Like, yeah. I saw that post. And I'm like, is this real? No. Because like joke. that seems, it seems too popular to be a free item. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, only thing you're getting for free are double XP boosts and challenge swaps, motherfuckers. No. After I played the campaign, there was a Cortana and Chief bundle in the store. Oh, yeah. Where you got the blue AI color. Yeah. A stupid weapon charm of like Cortana sitting on Chief's head. I saw that, yeah. I bought that. Nice. That's the only thing I bought. Nice. And it comes with like the, the background I'm rocking. Okay. Not the like the 
nameplate itself with the background it came yeah. with that that's that's the one i'm using okay i thought it looked really good so i'm using the the winter the the most recent winter nameplate that you get and the the snowflake backdrop sure yeah full-blown christmasy the, shit. the thing that i'm bummed about is like this should have been maybe two or three weeks ago so you could rock it for christmas sure and then I'm also rocking the fucking uh, stance. The victory pose. Yeah, me too. It looks so stupid. Uh, wait, I wasn't able. To, so I was, I had an issue yesterday or two days ago. Okay. Where I was not able to change my pose. No matter in game, out game, in matchmaking. Did you file a ticket? No, I didn't this time because it was, <laughs> it was so like, no. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I know there's, I know there's, it's small, it's random glitch. It's probably, I could probably go in today and change it. It's so funny though. I'm still, I have my back turned the, the AR down, the chief pose. The one that like everybody used before this one came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say though that I'm still not the biggest fan of the Twitch drop codings, but they, they look better in game than they did in the pictures. I'll say that. I don't like how there's a minimal green tint to them. Yeah. If it was like the dark and gold, the black and gold, even gray, whatever. The gold looks good. The gold looks really good. I just hate that little hint of green in there. It just looks wrong. Agreed. Like I said, I'm not a big fan (gasps) of them, but they do look better in the game than they do in the pictures. Another thing that's kind of like stopped me from buying like the fire and ice one, right? Sorry to go like off topic again. So it's what we're here for. It's what our show is about. Yeah. Um, it gives you the armor coatings for the three armor cores. Yes. What if, in my mind, I'm like, what if the next armor Us, core, next armor core comes out and you don't get the coating and for you it? don't have a coating that coating for it that I yep. spent. And I, I was talking to Justin about this too, is like the prices on this stuff, right? 20 bucks. In, so Fortnite who did battle passes and this stuff. Well, right. Everyone bought their shit. You got like such specific skins that you could rock anytime. And they're like name. They're like, Mainline skins, right? Master Chief. Master Chief, Spider-Man, Kratos, uh, fucking... Boba Fett. Boba Fett, Rey. Um, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah, all these characters from all these different areas. Like, obviously, they can't bring those guys into Halo. No, but... But there was... Paying 20 bucks for that character seems a lot more reasonable than paying 20 bucks for, like, a few armor coatings. The potential to use it on a specific core. Yeah. I... I... I'm more in the camp now of if you get a armor coating, it should be applicable to every, every freaking armor one. that you have. I would also, I also was really hoping I talked about it before the game even launched, but I wanted to be able to put my own colors on each piece of armor. That's, that's something that that's what the coding systems for. Well, I know it's a full, but I feel like, okay, give me the iron man coating, have that be a background coating. And then let me go into like, Maybe I want a different color knee pad. So or, like like a an expansion on the shader system in Destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Or how about you have your fucking color wheel and the picture of the coding? Let me go into that color wheel and move the colors around. Maybe make it a little bit more personable. Huh? Now Will's getting it, everybody. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> this exactly one of the biggest problems that the game has still is that you can't the whole point this was this was that big argument um before the game really released was that you as in 343 keep touting that you want us to be able to express ourselves 
the way we want to. But with the coding system where you say that you can have like an infinite number of permutations and whatnot, you're not allowing us to make what we want. That that's that's where a lot of that criticism came into play. In Reach, there was like so basically, if we if we take Reach, right, there was mm-hmm. one core, and you can just switch Correct. all the stuff. Yep. I just don't get why that's. It's been like that forever, basically. Yeah, yeah. It should be the same. I agree. I agree completely. Now I do understand though, if you have your main core like that, I do understand having like a separate URI core, right? Like one armor set that's. Sure. This Chon- is the armor chonker. set, a chonker. Yeah. yeah, this is this is the armor set, and you can move his pieces around. Right, but like all the other stuff, like being able to mix the set Mark Seven with the Mark Five that you have, like those armor pieces should be right. It's 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 yeah, it's not great. I'm not saying like, I, I get what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It I, just allows more avenues for monetization, really. Yeah, what we're talking about does. Yeah, you could so. you could sell armor sets that are like, hey, here's five bucks for these knee pads, right? Like, and they're doing that literally. Like in the store right now, the daily bundle is two shoulder pieces, a shitty red coating, and like a helmet piece. Like that's the daily yeah. right now. Literally that. So it's just, it's just bad. Um, I say Halo Infinite, ladies and gentlemen, still needs some work, but the foundation I know, I know is so I'm, good. I'm frustrated by it, but yeah, I still love what it is. Yeah. Um, Destiny 2 mentioned it earlier. Talk about it right now. I completed yeah. the Forerunner Exotic Quest, which is the Halo CE Magnum Quest. So right now, for those who don't know, there's a 30th anniversary pack that is out. Uh, some content is free. Some content you have to buy, you have to buy the pack for. And uh, they brought in the Halo Battle Rifle, the Halo Energy Sword in their version of a sword, yeah. and uh, the Halo CE Magnum, which is tied to an exotic quest. Um. And let's just say that the quest is really throwbacky to where when you when you finally get to the place where the where you get the gun, um, you you line up like there's an area you go in and you line up the seven pillars of the bungee logo, basically, mm. the seventh column. And when you line everything up in the world that way, you can activate something and it opens like a door. And you go in, and the first thing that pops up in the bottom left is this cave is not a natural formation. Yeah. And it's just sure. all these little throwbacky things. It's like, oh my God, this is really fucking cool. And when you get the Magnum, I'm sorry, this it, uh, spoilers, I guess, who cares? But uh, when you get the gun, you open you get the gun by opening a cryopod where Chief would have been in. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's just really cool. Just little, little shit like that 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 game does is so neat. And the gun's really good too. It's like really fucking fun to use. I uh Justin said this and I'll say it too. I wish we would have got that from the weapon in this like, oh, this isn't a natural formation. Sure. Somewhere. But sure. then again, we already did bring her onto the ring and in a forerunner area. Yes, she was already there. So so she would have known that. Maybe she the, said that before. Maybe she you did. Know. Maybe someone maybe there's some fan lore out there that will Who knows? <laughs> who knows but no uh destiny 2 i said it before i'll say it again gunplay is really fucking good and uh they keep releasing some just cool shit in that game so yeah. there's that um and then also uh i played a game called the artful escape which is uh on xbox game pass uh not an ad but uh in case you didn't want to pay for it and you already have game pass you can play it on there 
Will, I'm going to say that you should play this game. Um, it's four hours long, and uh, it's about guitars. Guitars? Well, the guitar is a very prominent aspect of this title. Okay. It is very, it is artsy as fuck, and it has a really good story to it. Um, and it's just, it hits you in the feels, and the jams are just fucking jamming. <laughs> okay. Oh man, I'm telling you, there's literally a mechanic in the game where you hold X and you just play the electric guitar. You just riff. <laughs> it's it's awesome. All right. And let's just say that I basically held down X the entire game. It's that cool. It's only four hours long, so it's on Game Pass. Uh, but yeah, that's what I played. Well, it's time for some shout outs. <laughs> Shout out to everyone who joined the, the... We didn't have a community play date, so I'm going to skip wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. I kind of did on Thursday. Oh, you did. So shout out to Fuck. who, Will? Justin. Goalie Sniper. Who else joined? Silos. I think that's all we had. Shout out to you guys. I don't think we had a fourth. Yeah, I think we it was just us three. And we went. We played late. There like, you go. Like 3 a.m. Something like that, yeah. Jesus Christ, so Mr. Goalie Sniper and uh, Mr. Silos, thanks for joining me for some, for some impromptu uh, <laughs> uh, games on Thursday before the holiday weekend. I also don't think I don't know if we're going to be doing one this week because of New Year. Well, New Year's, uh, it's Friday into Saturday. It is, and if we're doing the thing that was in the text message, and that's going to be taking place during that time. I'm just thinking I can maybe throw together another Thursday thing. Another Thursday thing, if it allows. Okay. Maybe not though, with what I I got some things going on as well. To be determined if there will be a community play date this week sometime. Stay stay tuned in the Discord. Discord, yes, and please please join the Discord so you can know if you want to play it. There you go. Uh, shout out to everyone who followed and sub during the live show. So, uh, of course, the motherfucker in um, Eric, <laughs> right as we close the show out last last time. Subbed at the last second. So, Lanky Sasquatch, thank you for the resub. You get a woo. There you go. Um, let's see here. Uh, I can't pull. I can't read that from. It's here. okay. I got it. I got it. Um, I'm just gonna say no, no. Even though I think I got you last time, but uh, no, no. It's Weadi. Uh, Ox never quits. Who is Mike Deasy? <laughs> Hoods and Zeker. Thank you all so very much for the follows. And Dave, thank, thank you, you for the 20 month resub. And again, Eric, thank you for the 10 month resub as well. Thank you guys so much. Um, My kid is still awake. So that's fun. I hear her. Shout out to uh, Dinah Sean on just being a good person because he tweeted out every little Spartan I saw at Raleigh got a free Jersey. And uh, he works for Sentinels, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, such a simple gesture can create a fan for life. A tactic Joy Chow taught me that I won't forget. So thank you for fucking doing that. That's awesome. That is really, really cool. And finally, happy birthday today to Postums. Postums, happy birthday to you. Hope it was everything you could have ever imagined. And then some in a good way. Um, and I apologize your kid woke you up so early because I feel you. 
Community creations, Halo memes every day, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Halo memes. We have clips of the week number 137 by High Tech Redneck. We have Puckett's top five by Chris Puckett. The ODST Rescue Mission, an audiobook adventure by Photon. Uh, Will, I think you're going to kick out of this one. There's a red versus blue custom Funko Pop that was created by uh, iPark24. And then finally, we have HCS Raleigh Disposable Camera Picks. This is by Classics. Doesn't that look sick? Uh, that's pretty cool. Isn't it? That's what I thought. I need to stop buying Funko Pops. Funk- well, My- that was custom. So it like, is custom. Yeah. But, but <laughs> tomorrow, what? On the bottom, it says, hey. You ever wonder why we're here? Oh, yeah. The original line. It's beautiful. There is a limited edition Funko Pop that's go, uh, going to be up for pre-order tomorrow, as a matter of fact. I have Halo, too many. On the Halo Gear site. Never God enough. Damn it, never enough. I'm, I, I, like, if I get any more, I'm going to have to repl- It's I'm, a Matt Black Chief. Oh, shit. Yeah. Shit. Matt Black everything, baby. Um, yeah, that's it for the community creations. Will. I need that Funko Pop. I know you do. Tomorrow you can pre-order. Will, that's it for the show. In other words, plug the show. Find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HES Pro Talk. We're on all of them out there. If we're not, then try another one. Let us know. Also, Pocket Cast. (laughs) Join our Discord for fuck's sake. Yeah, for fuck's sake. (laughs) So much going on in there. Uh, Hey, have you heard of uh, Map Legends? Because if you haven't, you should check them out. It's coming. There's there's more coming. Soon. We, We are still looking for clips. And we will alert you in Discord what maps we're looking for. Yeah, we're going to be doing infinite maps soon. We'd love to have you submit some some clips so that our own community members could be in our Map Legends episodes. And other good things going on in Discord. We, I mean, we have IRL channels, music, Halo Infinite, competitive Halo, yes. all of it. It's there. Just come check it out. And a lot more competitive content is going to be coming because of this season. So... Find us on social media. Search HS Pro Talk. We're out there. We are. Go check out VODs and crap on YouTube. It's there. We're live on Twitch if you're listening and you want to join us. It's Monday morning or Monday mornings. Monday, Monday mornings. Uh, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Central is our standard time. Stay tuned to Twitter and the Discord if you if we're going live at a different time. And then uh, HSProTalk.com. Everything's there, but if you really want to check out a great HS Pro Talk website, it's hosted on HaloPodcast.com. Recent episodes are not on there yet. Yet. I just checked that, so just, just a heads up. But I it's see- your home for Halo! There you go. If you want uh, some lore, they got their podcast Evolve show. If you want missions, Mission Debrief. Hey, we just got more missions. There'll be more Mission Debrief episodes. There will be. If you want to discuss some Halo books, they got a book club. If you want to build some blocks, they have... Uh, build with blocks. If, if you want to build with blocks, they got blocks so you can build with, with episodes. Go. And they also have their show Halo Headlines, which discuss top Halo news. Builds story. with blocks. Jesus. There you go. Sorry. You know, you you mentioned this earlier, and yeah, I, I do want the freaking Nerf skin coating. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, I agree. But I don't want to buy the freaking gun. Right. So I tried. I we were at Target the other day, and I and I was looking to see if they maybe sold them there. Mm-hmm. But then I found this. There you go. So I bought this and I got to build this. Also, for those who are wondering, the the Needler, the Mega Blocks Needler, Mega Constructs Needler uh, is on sale, actually. There you go. Yeah. So do it up. But yes, please check out 
the fine folks at Podcast Evolved at HaloPodcast.com. Your home. home for Halo. For, for Halo. For Halo. For. Okay. Halo. All right. For home for uh, Halo. Josh, our, it's the, the thing is empty here, but what's on our next show? What uh, we got coming up? Let the fine folks know. Well, we're going to be talking about the Open Series. There you go. The HTS Open Series. That's kind of where the start is going to be. And then also, I want to... Uh, I haven't even mentioned this to you yet because I just put it in my thoughts, but, um, I want, I kind of want to do like, uh, we do weekly or bi-weekly power rankings. Wow. That one, you literally adjusted it and then hit it. You know, it wasn't moving the way I wanted. So I said, it's okay. Screw it. And then I turned my head and whacked the ear. It's okay. Peace on it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I want to do, uh, like, like I said, weekly or bi-weekly power rankings of, of teams. Teams, players, doesn't matter. Okay, okay. Yeah, just looking at stats, how things are going in the Open Series, the Pro Series, things from different lands, whatever it may be, predictions that we may have for how players are going to do. Okay. Keep the content rolling for competitive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby. I, I see you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the Open Series, uh, how that, oh, how those things are going, the eight teams that come out of the Open Series um, leading into the Pro, and what what we can expect from different regions. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to be back on the competitive. So, yeah, that's it. Therefore, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, hey, that's going to do it for episode 215 Woo. of HCS Pro Talk. Again, um, for those who were listening to this episode expecting more of a competitive aspect of things, uh, like we mentioned, this was kind of an in-betweener, right, where Raleigh had just finished the open series starts next week. So we literally had a week and we hadn't even talked about the campaign yet on this show. So we wanted to take this episode lead into the new year. Um, talk about our impressions of the halo infinite campaign. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it, but we are a competitive centric show and that just picks right back up next episode. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, for watching, for tuning in live. If you're here at the live show, however, you may be consuming the content. Thank you so very much. We hope everybody has a fantastic start to 2022. And as a matter of fact, we will see you all in 2022. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. And until then.